0: Creeps podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ. And we're just two guys who so have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release this week. We're winning those hearts and minds ourselves as we watch did spine... you say, What? Did you say farts? No. Okay, keep
1: going. What, what are we watching? Which
0: spine as number? As we watch spine 156 in the Criterion Collection, Pierre Davis's Hearts and Minds from 1974 more like farts and bl- brimes brines but first that's a good one
1: rj what's up how's class it's not bad man it's not bad what, what are you do- what, used- what
0: are you doing over there you, you don't talk uh, about you don't talk about yourself i don't know if i should to be
1: honest uh, i feel like it's one of those things that it's probably better if i don't talk about it let's just say i'm doing things and things are being done. Things are happening. Things are moving. I'm
0: constantly on the go. Well, how about I ask, is your experience so far resembling that of the film Dangerous Minds, starring Michelle Pfeiffer? I or, would say it's, or is it more resembling uh, Tom Berenger in The Substitute?
1: I would say it's neither of those. Have you ever seen Coach Carter with uh, Sam Jackson? No. But have you seen Higher Learning with John Lovitz? I have seen Higher Learning with John Lovitz. Have you seen uh, what's that? What's that other one? Come on, keep going. Summer School with uh, what's his name from Quantum Leap? Scott Bakula.
0: Nope. <laughs> You've never seen Summer School? Nope. It's pretty good. No I, I like Summer School. Or have I seen Summer School? That's not Scott Bakula though. Oh well, who's in that? That's It's that's... a. It's a very Scott Bakula-looking kind of guy. Isn't it? Oh, see. Oh, see. Hired Learning is not even the movie of it. I think it's like, isn't it like High School or something like that? Hired Learning is like another uh, film with John Singleton. So many schools and summer school. Uh, I did see. and uh, nothing Does that have not Scott yet? Bakula in it? No, it's got a guy that looks kind of like that, though. I think he played Ted Bundy in something. Oh. Yeah, that's that John Lovitz movie is like, isn't it like Mark Harmon? You're seeing anything of Mark Harmon is the fellow you're He's thinking pretty of. close to Scott Bakula. In his own way. Isn't he? He looks like Scott Bakula. No.
2: For sure he, he does, does.
0: He does not look like the captain of an enterprise. What about a quantum leaper?
1: Mm, Are you more of maybe. a Scott Bakula guy or a Ziggy guy? Ziggy? You know his like partner who like transported oh, him? Oh, um, <laughs> what is Al? Come on. Isn't his name Ziggy? Or was Ziggy the name of Al. the computer that they talk into? Well, Al is who you're thinking of. Okay. Well, what else am I thinking of? I don't know. Some, see, I was thinking of High
0: School High.
1: Yeah. There you the go. The posters, he's got an afro, and there's yeah. a pick in it, and I mm-hmm. think one side of it's burning or something.
0: Yeah, and it probably came out after Higher Learning.
1: Yeah, figure it out, man. I would say I'm in the
0: summer school, or if, uh,
1: you know Glenn Howerton's show that he uh he's doing on the side now, that AP bio? Mm-hmm where he becomes a teacher out of spite it's kind of like that i see for spite Jarrett. how's your life you never talk about what you're doing or is all you do now is play D, draw at yep. your desk yeah and then get sick
0: yes to all three of those oh, so and, did you do and, anything and, interesting and shovel but i haven't had a shovel cause it stop snowing finally for now what kind of snow are you working with over there because we get drifts
1: on this side, mm, and then it's the kind of drift that hardens up, so it's just like a yeah. brick. You gotta like chip it away yeah. and then shovel it. Uh, that's, that's what you get for being a West Sider. It's it's not even like that. Like the people on both sides of us, they don't get it. I think it's because the way our fence is ma- shaped or something. Like, I don't know. I don't understand. The person beside us has no drifts at all, but we always drift over. It's total horse shit, Jared. Hmm. That's Do you know what I mean? Y- yep. <laughs> Good. Absolutely. Good. Okay, well, keep going and tell me more tales of interest that uh, you've done. Um,
0: I went to an art opening on the weekend. Uh, that was that was cool. Was there a lot of uh, uppity people there? Define uppity. <clears throat> oh, like you? Um, no. Maybe it'd be better if there was more people like me, RJ.
2: <laughs> <laughs> me,
0: me, 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 me. <laughs> nice, outstanding. So is that it? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I don't know. Hey, do you? Uh, I don't know. Um... Oh, you know what's happening in D and D though? Next Sunday, we're fighting the final boss. I think we might we might die. I don't know. And then, but then you're gonna stop for good, right? No. Then I might be uh taking over.
1: What do you mean for by a little take? bit?
0: I'll, I'll be the. Dungeon Master, is, it, is anyone asking for that? Uh, I think we've got a uh, half half of the people there, are, like on board. It'll be a change of pace for a little bit. Then I'll probably wind up handing the reins back to our current DM, give him some time to figure something out. But uh, mm. yeah, it's all coming up twenties, uh, natural twenty. You ain't ever rolled a
1: natural twenty in your life.
0: I was rolling natural twenties left and right on Sunday. See that now everyone machine. knows.
1: See everyone knows you're full of shit now, and our, our podcast is gonna get like just mm. belittled with bad Critz. reviews on the iTunes. Yeah. But I mean, if you are listening, you could give us a five star review on the yeah. iTunes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um, I know we always say that at the end of the show, so we don't bog people down with it. We always leave that that uh, busy marketing work at the end when people stop listening. But I mean, if you like the show, you could review it mm-hmm. or give it a
0: rating on iTunes. Allegedly, it helps. And hey, uh, that's what they all say. Sh- shout out to whomever uh, posted about the podcast over on Reddit. Uh, mm. I always get these weird statistical anomalies as far as like our listenership spikes mm-hmm. as soon as those pop up. So maybe don't overdo it, future creep tones, creeptoids, creepers, creepers, creep toys. I don't know. Creepers is probably the best. Yeah, that seems. That sounds good. We're the creeps and you are the creepers. The creepers. Yeah, so yeah, that seems to always help. Uh, mm-hmm. Exposing others to our certain brand of disease uh, helps mm-hmm. and encourages us to keep doing this. Is that the new disease? <laughs> the new disease. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a strange disease, just like that really shitty Prozac song. When, how does that song go, Jared? Uh, I'll, I'll let people either imagine it or look it up themselves, because oh man, coward. Ugh, do a, it, Milo. Oh boy, nope. Hey, RJ, what? We got emails from creepers. Whole whole pile of them, or what? Ah, uh, not too much. Not nothing too crazy. Okay. So Oliver, he mm-hmm. he took up the call, uh, following up on Frank's call for uh, movies that we've recommended that they've been oh, the up Yeah, what were mm-hmm. the the lemons of recommendations? Uh, so Oliver begins, honestly, I don't think there are any, but probably because I don't watch anything you recommend. <laughs> that's uh, that's a really easy way to yeah, avoid being let down. Exactly. But mm-hmm. there are some movies we have disagreed on. Fishing with John. Oh, come on. Hated it. it. Wasn't funny. <laughs>
1: no, it is. It's honestly, it might be the best movie in the criterion so far. I'll go I'll go gun to gun <laughs> no. head to head with anyone on that. It's probably no. it's it's definitely it, it, in the top five.
0: No. <laughs> Come on. Yes. You, you you need to look back over that and go, oh yeah, there's some there's some pretty strong movies. Uh I mean mm-hmm. you, you really, really like fishing with John. I think it's fine. Um but I really, really have good taste. As many people know. Hmm. Okay, uh, so second, uh, second. Mm-hmm. room. Oh, really? This movie was fine. The story was good, but Josh Larson from FilmSpotting said it better than I can. Feels like most of the movie's power comes from its scenario rather than the filmmaking. That's a good point. Yeah, sure. I don't know.
1: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like it, but that's fine. That's cool, man. Yeah. You don't like it. You don't like it.
0: Brawl in Cell Block 99. Ooh, shit. Okay, now we're getting in even da- more dangerous territory. Uh, I was always going to watch this because I loved and Tomahawk. This was mm-hmm. such a fucking letdown, so fucking long. Nothing happens in the last five minutes, and what happened was a letdown. Mm. That's understandable, I guess. I've heard other people say the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I like the movie, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think my criticism with, like, all of uh, Zoller's movies so far have been that they uh, are shot very crappily. Or, like, they're, mm-hmm. that color grading, and there's something weirdly flat about those movies. And unfortunately, even sounds with uh, "Dragged Across Concrete, or I think it's what it's called, Cement, with Mel Gibson. Uh, dragged Across, yeah. Yeah, it's got the same cinematographer, and it's like, oh, hmm. so that problem's not going away anytime soon. Uh, but those were the three that uh, Oliver mentioned. And then, as a PS, my wife has run out of murder podcasts to listen to, so now listening to yours a christmas episode. Oh. She said you were all, you were wrong about lethal weapon and they are even better now than they were back then.
2: Mm, uh
1: I I don't know. I I don't, I don't know about that one. I think I'm going to stand by what I I said. I, I hope someone else listens and they can let us know. But we're getting in real dangerous territory here because if uh, if Oliver's wife is listening, we talk about pretty personal stuff about Oliver on this very podcast. Like <laughs> All those girls that we had to bury for him.
0: Oh yeah, in the bef- uh, in the before time. In the before time, I, I believe well, I, know... actually I do believe his uh, wife uh, liked our Facebook page just like today too.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. that's good. So hi. she won't by next week
0: probably. <laughs> but there you go.
1: <laughs> I think we
0: have a pretty high turnover of
1: people who are just like,
0: oh, cool, oh. Okay. And if I think if, uh, I have a recommendation potentially too for uh, murder podcasts, uh, there was this mm-hmm. one called Doctor Death uh, that came out like a year or so ago that uh, I've heard is some real what the fuck material because it's just is that like about it's, No, no, no. It's another. No. It's, a, it's another. Uh, like just some people like, don't maybe trust your doctor all the time.
1: <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I've heard that was uh, pretty spooky. Pretty spooky. Pretty spooky. Well, thanks, Oliver. And uh, yeah, no one else. Apparently, no one listens to our movie recommendations, which is fine. Okay. So, there. oh, there was no one else who uh, who followed up. But coming mm -hmm. in under the wire, we got an email from Frank Solano. Okay, before you read it, I I did come up with two
1: mashup movies. I can do it now or I can wait until uh, you read uh, it. Do it now. Okay, I got two for you, Jared. My first one uh, is Sister Apt Pupil. It is a mix between Apt Pupil and Sister Act where a person gets brought into a coven of real nuns, not witches or anything. A coven? the uh, covenant? The covenant? Sure. Whatever. Sure. Uh, but I just imagine – so I like Sister Act quite a bit. But you know what that movie needed? Old Nazi Ian McKellen oh, getting man. bossed around by uh, little Nazi kids. So you mix that in there, I think think you'd have a winner. And then the other one, which I think you might be interested in, uh is eight and a half seconds. So uh there's your criterion link. We can get eight and a half by Fellini mixed with the recently deceased Luke Perry in eight seconds. Oh. And I actually hold on your butts. I didn't know or I did this before he died. So <laughs> This is it's completely coincidental, but I guess you could say as we've done before. I have we did probably kill him, but I think it would be a really neat mashup to mix bull riding with uh, the creative process. You could get Stephen Baldwin to re- re-
0: reprise his role as tough. What do you think? Um, I have yes. no thoughts on your uh, grandmother's VHS collection. Mashed up with your Criterion viewing. Uh, she had half of those. She did not own Apt Pupil. That's not sister act and Eight Seconds. Eight Seconds for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not Apt. Apt No one likes Apt Pupil. What what, uh, Brian Singer's Opus? Ooh (laughs) shit! I uh again I I forgot that that was a Brian Singer. Well, Ian McKellen was uh in the. Some some hot water because he was making some comments defending uh, Brian Singer and uh, Kev Spacey. Well, didn't he say in, in if some they weird were like in openly some... gay they wouldn't have raped people basically something I, like that? I don't even know. I just saw like Ian Mc... like, it's like people saying Gandalf said this, and I was like, yeah, everyone's gonna say something eventually. That gets him into trouble. That's why you just yep. do it, do a podcast, and get it out of the way, and then you're always in trouble. Yeah, once you release those uh, unedited or episodes where you say, were really going off. Or offend everybody all the time. And then it's like you're like always a moving target. Like they can never like really pin down any one particular thing.
1: The Alex Jones approach. That's right. Yeah, just don't say anything that you could actually get sued for.
0: Yeah. Right? Just, just don't bring up Max Landis around you.
1: Oh, Max Landis is the worst, dude. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> legitimately you ready for
0: Frank's uh, email now okay yeah sure well yeah yeah hit it okay the uh, subject header of this email petition for a worldwide theatrical release of capes directed by one Jared Francis Duncan Mm. hello creeps So last week, I asked if you guys had any film projects under your belt, and we were all astonished to find out that one of our beloved hosts, Jared, had made a whole fucking movie a little under 20 years ago. So now I'm formally starting a petition for a worldwide release of Capes to Theatres. Okay. I understand it would be cheaper for a nationwide release, but as we all know, the majority of your fans live anywhere but Canada. If this is not possible, then I'll start a petition for each Patreon contributor to receive a hard copy and or digital link to Capes. Mm. Hmm. Aside from that, since I guess the big question from last week to the other fans was what are the shit movies that Jared or, or RJ have recommended? This week's question will be what is the best movie recommendation by the creeps and why? Mm. Uh, difficult
1: content. Let's start with the first most difficult thing. I don't think people want to see capes. I know I don't. Uh, but yeah, you you do have that thing. Maybe you should uh, make that a Patreon goal. Yeah, make that make, have it unlock. Well, since you since you sewered me on Patreon... You can uh, you could do something that is equally
0: bad for you, but mm, you know that's true. <laughs> well, we're not we're not very close to that SalO goal to get unlocked. That's unfortunate, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I actually went and found a copy of this thing that uh exists somewhere, and boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, two thousand and three technology definitely not up to snuff. Uh, did you watch this recently? Well, I I looked at it. I, I, oh. I have the file. And, uh, yeah, man, shooting on mini DV at, like, that three-quarter scale, three, oh, my God, it's so tiny. The image is so small, and the the sound quality, non-existent, my goodness. Our standards mm-hmm. were so much lower a mere 15 years ago. They weren't that bad, but at the time, you're like, yeah, this is acceptable.
2: Whew. Whew. <laughs>
0: Anyways, well, I don't know. we'll see. i've got I've got it. I've got it kicking around, but uh, I'll have to think about it whether or not I mean, I don't really give a shit. Uh, when are it, you gonna give it to me? Uh, you you said you don't want it. you just you literally no, give just, it to me. No, you literally just I'll, said that you don't let, want it. Let me screen it for the
1: rest of uh, oh the creepers out there. So you send that to me. I will watch it this weekend, and then I will report back on it. Mm. but also, when are you gonna be making more said movies? What are you gonna tackle next? Uh the Me Too era? Okay. In a documentary mockumentary filmmaking style?
0: The Baylog the Beast. Mm, better men have tried. Yeah. You can't document that stuff. If I may continue. Sure. Aside from that, since I guess the big question, uh, that's, the, that's the best part. For me, Possession and Ninja Scroll are those films, mm-hmm. with Possession being the most recent. Jared recommended it to me over Twitter, and my Blu-ray copy just arrived in the mail. So, if there's any movies that you have questions about, ask Jared because he knows. <laughs> What do you mean, ask Jared?
1: (laughs) Jared doesn't know anything. He gives me the worst recommendations. Two of the worst movies I've ever seen, Happiness and Gummo. Oh, Five-star movies on Jared's thing.
0: Shush. Those are great. Those are handshake films. Handshake films.
1: Handshake, yeah. Yeah. Handshake with the
0: toilet. You're a big fan of toilets. Yeah, but I don't want to eat it. You're shaking his hand. Maybe uh, like putting your face in it a little bit. Just horrible. Now, if you're wondering why you shouldn't ask RJ, it's because he probably has better things to do. Oh, well, see, mm. see, you're, wait, you're waiting for the punchline, is... RJ. You're getting so, offend- so so quick, so so emotional. Well, I wasn't mad at him. I was mad at you. <laughs> uh, I've only bothered him twice on Twitter, and only really to give disheartening news. So now I'm even more reluctant about texting him. Finally, to answer the host <sighs> question. I do notice animal violence in movies a lot more now, and that does affect my enjoyment of film. So there, I'm rallying up behind RJ to go uh, blow down Hollywood's gates and beating up those fuckers that come up with those terrible ideas, because fuck those guys. Mm -hmm. That's it for today. Until next week, creeps.
1: Well, I'm glad that he notices too, and I've wrecked movies for him as well. Maybe I'll make my own documentary, Jarrett,
0: about animal
1: abuse in uh, cinema. Well, can you get behind
0: me? I've got a... I'll have something for you shortly here that will oh. maybe fill that for you. Okay, uh, that's fine. But uh, also, I would like to just say
1: uh, I am pretty busy, but uh, Frank, you can, can message me on Twitter or on the Instagram, <laughs> whatever. I am uh, pretty frequent. Well, I go in spurts on the uh, Instagram for the creeps posting. Sometimes I'll post a lot. Sometimes I won't post at all, but... Yeah, you can you can contact me, man. I just might not get back the day of, but I will eventually. Right, right, Jared.
0: You ignore all my. Eventually, you ignore me all the time.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm busy, dude.
0: I'm on the toilet all the time. I know. What are you gonna do? Hey, RJ. What? Well, not on the toilet all the time. Mm Hmm. What have you uh, been creeping on?
1: Oh, those are only emails.
0: Yeah, that's it. Well, they Thanks. were good ones. Long-time mm-hmm. fans. Yeah.
1: It was better than that week. We had no emails. you remember that? That was a sad time. That was a sad time. I was very upset. Well, Jared, I watched not a lot. I did watch half of a movie last night, but I didn't finish, so I didn't log it. But I can talk about that, too, if you want. <laughs> uh, do you? I, so last night, I watched half of The Strangers Pray at Night. The, is, that, is that That's the, the third the one? Thing. Or, uh, yeah, or, the third or, one, or, maybe. Yeah. The one that is. everyone's always like that pool scene. Yes, man. yes, 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 yes. So I haven't gotten to this infamous pool scene, Aww. but uh I, I will say the 50 minutes I watched of that last night were about, I would say, one star quality. Ooh. I I was like, I was very, very uninterested in it. But uh, I'll finish it up and I'll I'll go back. So I'll just tease you with that one, Jared. A little tease. You want to hear about another bad movie? <laughs> Do uh, I? This week, uh, like, we just threw something on. I was working on my computer because I'm a busy guy. Uh, and Andrew was just, like, doing whatever. So we watched this Crave movie called The House.
0: It's a Will Ferrell. <laughs> is it a horror film?
1: Uh, actually, there is a lot of um dismemberment in this thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, a finger gets cut off, an arm gets cut off. And uh, some other stuff happens in this thing. This movie has a very obnoxious-looking poster. It's super obnoxious. You know why? Because the movie's obnoxious. Yeah, and I think it's uh, Will Ferrell. Hmm. I think I'm about, I'm about done with Will Ferrell. Yeah. In
0: 2019, you're you're yeah. done with Will Ferrell, huh? Well, I
1: I was before, but like <laughs> I think I can say with confidence now. It's okay. like. I, I'm pretty much done with him. All all his past stuff is being outweighed by all this new stuff. So this movie is a real piece of shit. It was directed and written by the guys who did those Neighbors movies. Mm. And it's uh, Will Ferrell doing his same thing. Amy Poehler, who is uh, very underused in this, which was a little disappointing. And then uh, Rafi from The League. I can't remember his name. Uh, Jason Manzukas? I don't know. It's Greek, however you pronounce that. Okay.
2: Uh,
1: so Will Ferrell and Amy, Amy Poehler's daughter wants to go to college, but they can't afford it. Um, so they open up a casino in uh, Rafi's house and all the local people come and gamble at the casino. This is like one of the laziest movies I think I've <laughs> seen in so, so long. They don't even try, Jarrett. They don't even try. Um. The only like saving grace for this thing is that it's it's like it's not even 80 minutes long like this thing's barely a movie um so it's it's like under 80 minutes and uh they 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 do cut a lot of corners they're like we should make a casino and then in the next scene it's like okay we made it like there's no (laughs) montage of them making it or anything because they they know they
0: have have the money to do it but not to send someone to school
1: yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. But like the filmmakers know too, they're like, nobody gives a shit about this. Let's just let's yep. just go. Let's just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty much every beat plays out the way you would think it is. Nothing's really funny in it. Uh there's a lot of comedians in this thing, but none of them really do anything. Your buddy Jeremy Renner pops up for a minute, which I was a little surprised by. Mm. But uh that movie really sucked, yeah. It wasn't good. And <laughs> I don't recommend it to anyone.
0: Outstanding.
1: You want to hear about what I really watched this week, though? I know you do.
0: I sure do. So
1: because we got that Crave thing and it works occasionally, uh, we do have uh, HBO. So on Sunday was the release of the much talked about, much anticipated, much feared documentary Leaving Neverland. That's right. We're talking about Michael Jackson, baby, and he's doing some bad stuff so (laughs) allegedly (laughs) uh allegedly this is pretty it's pretty convincing like I think if you okay I'll talk about it more but if you are one of the people who is like it's all made up man (laughs) yeah it's conspiracy like I I don't understand how anyone could possibly think that when it is so very clear that he was raping kids for like 30 years It's so clear. It's like, how could you not see this? So and then all the people they show, there's a nice part at the end of this where they show all the people they're like, his music is a legacy, man. It's like 18, 20 year old people. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you were barely alive when he died. Well, how how do you have like some weird attachment to him? Who cares? He raped a bunch of kids. Is his music that good? I don't know.
2: (laughs) <laughs>
1: uh so this four hour documentary Jarrett, uh do you want michael jackson sounds sprinkled
0: so that's the thing that's like really uh put me off watching it at this moment because it's four hours long and i'm just like like oj made in america is four hours long and that's awesome and i just like is this even okay remotely so i'm glad is, you brought that up yeah because oj made in america
1: is a far better documentary yeah Because uh, there's a lot of things that when I was watching this, I was like, they should be talking about these things because that's what the OJ movie did. And it did it so much better. Like it really presents a lot of the contextual details about what was going on in society and stuff like that, which I think is really important for this, too.
0: But they don't. That's not what this is about. Well, yeah, because I mean, this is about like I mean the the talking point I see over and over is like giving voice to the victims, and uh, whereas like I mean in the OJ documentary, the victims are dead, so I mean it's kind of like we can't hear from the victims. So this is going to put into context who OJ Simpson was, and like kind of step back from like he's the guy who got away with it, and then he but he did wind up going to jail, and they're like okay, let's explain that because a lot of people. Don't even know what O.J. Simpson meant to people, so I don't know. Like, so does this documentary well, get into what Michael Jackson was for people and is? Or? It does. Okay.
1: So it does. I guess. I guess it's, it's got
0: four hours to do it. So yeah.
1: it does, but not to the level that like I, I think uh, Made in America does it so fucking like perfectly, where they really they really set it up. They're like, this is what it was like yeah. in, in California. This is what it was like in the in the states. So they really like show you. What the social climate was, which I think is important in this story too. They do talk about it quite a bit, but uh, they really, it is like you said. So uh, it's four hours. It's definitely worth watching. You should watch it, and it's in two parts too. So it's, yeah, I've got it lined up. Yeah, so you can. It's it has a natural break point in the middle, um, but it is about two of his main victims, James Safechuck and Wade Robson. So James Safechuck was basically like the first uh, one like first boy that he got, like that we know of pretty much, uh, cause he was around before Neverland, uh, and he went with like to Neverland with him and like helped make it. And then Wade Robson was uh, a, a kid from Australia who was a dancer. And he's actually like a really famous choreographer. Now he did all the stuff for like NSYNC and Britney Spears okay. in the early two thousands when he was like 18. Um, so th- it's like those two main guys and they're, they're both, kind of telling their story and it it is it's all about them and it it's pretty sad like uh they really stress like um because they don't they're not really getting anything out of this but the point that they're trying i think the point that they're trying to make is uh they this does a good job too of showing um all the mj fans that shit on these guys they're like you're just in it for money and like all yeah. this and they're like why didn't you say it before yeah yeah And so it's them like they really do a good job building up. It's like, well, you don't really understand because it's like, could you imagine if from the age of six to 16, you were being like frequently sexually abused by a guy for almost 10 years? And it's not even like so they they do a big thing where they talk about how it wasn't like like violent sexual stuff, but it was more like they were dating. And like that's part of it too is because like you can tell they both like really care about him, but they realize how bad it was because they didn't understand. They were like little kids when it happened. Yeah,
0: some real some real Nambla stuff going on.
1: Yeah. It's it's a lot about like the emotional and mental manipulation that Michael Jackson did where he was like talking about how they were they weren't just in love with each other and they were dating, but it was like a thirty year old guy and a seven year old. So it's pretty, it's pretty hard to watch sometimes. And it is very descriptive. Like they, they say very explicitly what happened, like in full detail. So they, they, they talk about it. And then, and then like the documentary too, I don't think they, I would have left it even longer, but what they'll do is the guy will be saying what Michael Jackson did and then it'll just be a picture of of the victim, uh, like of Wade or James as a kid at the age of when it was happening. Mm -hmm. And they just leave it up there and they're talking about all the stuff Michael Jackson did. So I would have left it even longer, but, um, they kinda, I think they try to stress that point. It's like as adults talking about it, it seems one thing, but then when you look at pictures of kids and then like what these guys are talking about is they didn't really feel the full weight of it until they grew up, they had their own kids. And their kids were like the age that they were when they basically were bought by Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this thing, too, uh, more than anything, it sheds a light on uh, the parents, Uh, like the the parents of these two kids, because everyone around them is like, are you like out of your fucking mind? They're like this weird guy asked if your son could move in with him for like three months to a year and you were okay with it. And they're, they're pretty honest about it too. They're like, you know what? We really fucked up. They're like, okay. I guess the pri- the price of, uh, our child was to have vacations and houses bought for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like there's one really good one where one of the, the guy weighed his brothers talking cause his brother was older than him and he kind of watched it happen. And like, you can, you can just, you can just see the anger and resentment in him. And he's just like, he's like, my parents are, or my mom's a piece of shit. He's like, she sold my brother to Michael Jackson for seven years for him to be raped. He's like, what kind of like, he's like, what kind of, uh, adult doesn't have a problem with a seven year old boy sleeping with a 30 year old? He's like, you don't see past that. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? So there, there's a big emphasis on that where it's like the parents, uh, and how people all the time are like, did you, uh, did you not see a problem with uh, what's going on here?
0: See, this is why uh, it would have been good to uh, watch Abducted in Plain Sight before this because uh, it's sort of in the same ballpark. But I know. And this is a scenario, though, uh, in Abducted in Plain Sight where it's like a total nobody loser mm-hmm. who has access and is able to like get away with this stuff. And you're just like, how the fuck could anyone go along with any of this? And then on this scale, though, it's like, Michael Jackson's one of the most famous people ever. At the time he was the most. And well, I, I mean he and yeah. he will remain that too. Like yeah. he, it's like yeah, it's one of those things like cuz like I don't know what your memories of Michael Jackson were like when you were like cuz you're like uh, a bit younger than me I can but... tell you exactly my first thing but well, go ahead. So for me it was like my cousin was babysitting me when I was like I don't know three or four or five. And, but Mm -hmm. I remember like for some reason, maybe she had like, like some, something on, but she was like, Oh, the thriller music video is on. And I'm like, what the hell is that? I have no Mm -hmm. idea what Michael Jackson is. And it's just like watching this horror movie thing. That's like, like terrifying with makeup and werewolves and vampires dancing. And I'm being like, what is this? And then that was about it. And then Mm -hmm. I got kind of reintroduced to Michael Jackson, mostly through Weird Al. Uh, yeah. Because and then, like, between that, and then there was the uh, uh, histories like CD that came out, the greatest hits, mm-hmm. which was like everywhere constantly. And then, like, music videos, I, I became the age where you'd start watching music, music videos. And then, Michael Jackson became uh, the like the strange weirdo who is like suddenly tabloid fodder everywhere because mm-hmm. he started bleaching his skin and getting mm-hmm. plastic surgery, and he just became this like weird fixture of like. Uh, the American landscape on television. And, and then starting in what, 1991, the accusations started to surface. It's not like, yep. Oh, they just, they are just coming for money now after he's dead. It's like, no, this has been going on for decades. Yeah. And
1: the thing too, is like, this thing is, it's like I said, it's very convincing where it's just like, it's like, if you honestly don't think it, then I don't understand your logic there because it shows, it was like, he would have, uh, From the 80s to the 2000s, he would have a different kid every year for an entire year. And it was always like a seven, eight-year-old kid beside him.
0: But Macaulay Culkin says there's nothing wrong with him.
1: Well, see, this is is the the linchpin to the whole operation, right? This is where all the supporters of Michael Jackson still say this. And we actually – so I watched this with Andrea, and I actually have a theory on what happened. So – I think uh, like with these guys when they were talking about like how it took them so long to kind of feel the full weight of what happened uh, because of what the relationship was like, they're like it's not that he was like aggressively raping us. he was like it was like a relationship. So for them, these guys uh, these two like just completely normal kids, they grew up and then it took a long time for them to like accept and, or like not accept because they knew it was happening, but like feel what was going on. But for Macaulay Culkin, I think what happened was because Michael Jackson had a weird upbringing too. Yep. He was he was famous as a little kid. He had his childhood taken away. He
0: was wasn't he his dad was super abusive too, right? He was a piece of shit. And yeah, and, and I don't know how where that all went. I'm sure he yeah was not a not a great person. So there was that, and then he became the biggest celebrity in the world.
1: And I think it was at a time too where it was you could still idolize celebrities without like Twitter, where you could, you see the interactions of celebrities, and you're like, oh, you're not what you like this great thing. You're 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 just a shitty guy too. Like what happened with James Woods, I think, after he <laughs> found the internet, and everyone was like, oh, James Woods sucks. So it was before that. So I think. Michael Jackson was this big thing. But then, so was Macaulay Calkin. He was a child actor. He wasn't the biggest uh, celebrity in the world, but he had, like, it's, I think, a similar upbringing. And especially well, at the time when Home they Alone. were together. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time that they were together, so I think it was, they had even more things to bond over because they were, like, living a similar life. Right. So I, my guess is that it was that kind of scenario where, if Macaulay Culkin was mega raped for a year, it was. <laughs> looking back now, he probably he probably doesn't see it like that because these guys didn't either. They were mega like mega raped. Well, you know what I mean. Like I think that's what it was. He probably doesn't see it as what other people would classify it as. So
0: he's probably just like, you know what, I'm just not going to talk about it. Well. Yeah, and then but then it's like yeah, Michael Jackson. He would just continuously go on like they're lying, they're lying, they're no like everything blankets, mm-hmm. hanging babies out of windows and masks and shit. It's just like this person was not well, and people are like, no, he's so unique and special, and that's why the world's trying to destroy him.
1: Some of the stuff in this thing <laughs> is fucking crazy, Jarrett. Like, uh, so with the kid in Australia or from Australia, he like. He bought their family a fax machine and then he would send them like 30 to 40 faxes a day. And they still have them all. And it was like uh. handwritten's from him. And uh, he called that Mike, Michael Jackson called uh, Wade Little One. And he was like, Little One, I'm so happy for your love and your family. It's like signed Doodoo Head. And then it was like he called <laughs> yeah. himself Doodoo Head and, or Apple Head and like they also have voicemails from yeah. him like saved messages yeah. it, and it, he he would do he do it in an australian accent he'd be like hey uh,
0: <laughs> no don't
1: just i'm not going to do it no. <laughs> i i did it really good the other day but he would be he would call in me in an australian accent and then he would switch and he'd be like this is doodoo head signing off <laughs> <laughs> and then he would just like hang <laughs> And you're like, what the? F-? And like that's the thing. It's like so, <laughs> a 35 year old person, and yep. this guy was calling your seven year old so, son. Yeah, that's the thing though too. Is like
0: every day. now it's like you think about it. You're like, that, he's our age. Like this is this is yeah. him. This is like this guy. Like <laughs> if he was like in this window of time between 30 to 35. You're like, yeah, this is like not. This isn't in my cards. You know, I'm not hanging out with seven year old kids. I'm not building like oh, op- <laughs> op- opulent like. Palaces to children, and like even if I was like rich beyond belief, because like I wrote a whole bunch of hits and people mm-hmm. just keep getting like I have total access and I can like do whatever I want and anything I have ever wanted to do. And you're just like, oh, this is what you want to do. Yep, Neverland looks super cool, but uh, when you look at like the
1: actual architecture, where there's like hallways with like six locked doors, and you're like, hmm, I wonder what that's about. And then like the kids are like, oh, that's so that we could hear people coming
0: because they'd have to open oh, six sets Lord. of doors oh, oh it's, no like, it's so graphic Jared.
1: i could tell you like oh, no. one thing oh, you gotta
0: was... got, got leave you some surprises
1: you know do, I, do I... you want to hear one no okay there there's a peter pan thing and when you when we heard it we looked at each other and we we're like
2: oh no
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was pretty pretty bad. you should watch it you, I you will, will like i it.
0: will i will because I'm a monster, right?
1: I, I would say so I you did mention the other day, you're like, what's up with no one rating this thing? And I think I have an idea for that too. Like uh if I were to rate it, I would give it four. Um, because it's not as good as OJ made in America. But I think it's kind of weird like rating rating it because it's just two guys talking about like their honest accounts of being sexually abused for like ten years. So it's kinda like, uh, I don't know if I'm rating them like their story or like the quality of the documentary mm. the quality of the, of the documentary
0: is about a four Th- like that's pretty good like that's uh, a, that's like a pretty like i mean in my mind a four star documentary I, I haven't watched one of those like a, new, a uh, recent one okay. like, i would say uh, you you would probably give it a three and a half and i would i would have given it a four that's
1: my guess okay so you will like it i don't think you're going to be amazed by it like right. i said i think the oj one is so well made that like that thing's immaculate so this is like three and a half and a four but i think i think it is hard to rate because it's just guys talking about how they were abused for so long so you're like "Mm, but whatever i don't know or maybe people are just watching part one and logging it like that's what i did Mm. because i was like i don't really i watched part one i was like i don't know how to rate this thing
0: so i just threw it up there but three and a half four okay yeah, so that's it, man. Cool. <laughs> I watched some documentaries and some movies. I took Saturday to myself, hey? and I just, I just sat on the couch and watched some stuff. I didn't want to draw. I was just going to relax. Nice. Did you relax? I did. Um, well, first of all, uh, I got to watch a movie on Canopy, which is now like essentially a dead <laughs> platform uh, <laughs> as, as they've taken Criterion's away because <laughs> our library ran out of money. true story. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So I watched this one pop up called GTFO, the movie. Mm. Uh, So this is a documentary about essentially Gamergate stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure, RJ, you are aware, and I'm sure many of our listeners Mm -hmm. are aware, but for the sake of like, hey, maybe someone will listen to this 10 years from now and be like, what are you talking about? Uh, And this documentary covers it. So back in the day, and I guess this documentary kind of pinpoints this as the turning point. Did you ever read Penny Arcade? RJ? Uh, I'm familiar with it, but uh, I I haven't read it, no. Okay. So Penny Arcade is an online comic, video game-centric kind of comic strip. Very Mm -hmm. very popular at one point, and it's kind of spinned off into its own big event where they do their own, like, expos and stuff like that called PAX, which I think are more known Mm -hmm. in their comics at this point. Uh, But way back in, like, 2011, uh, in one of their comic strips, they came across this concept of, like, what happens in world of Warcraft and in a quest. And they mention these things called dick wolves and mm-hmm. these dick wolves rape people. And, Oh, uh, is that it? That's what they, it was a joke, you know? Sure. Um, and of course it's one of those things where like, Oh, you're, you're pretty mainstream now, like in, the, in a point where like, you're not just like some niche internet thing on 4chan. You're like actually being read by like a, a wide swath of like, people coming from all sorts of backgrounds and maybe uh rape jokes don't fly as much as you guys think they would but mm. they oh but they fought their audience on it for a little while they they followed up with dick wolves they made jerseys with mm. like they were like the, whatever the seattle dick wolves or something like that they they really were going for it uh this, oh good <laughs> so yeah this is uh kind of the beginning of this stuff uh, this one woman uh, interviewed on the documentary she talks about uh, writing a blog post that had you know like 10 views a day about like the the, the Penny Arcade should like take this down or apologize and you know mm-hmm. in like a, in a week she went she had like you know you know five ten thousand views a day Jeez. and it was uh, you know is inter- that is that the levels we get usually uh, not quite. But uh, oh, okay. and this is like still in like that the rise of the internet. We we, we had smartphones now. Uh, mm. Dumb dumb people suddenly had access to things that and and the time to do things, and they just started to attack her and talking about how they're going to rape her, uh, oh. as you do on the line online. Um, yeah, well, they, you do it to me frequently. But... Yeah, yeah. Well, you deserve it. Sure. Um, so, they. Uh, yeah. So the Penny Arcade, whoever Tyco or whatever their names are, mm-hmm. he was like, "Hey, uh, stop doing this. This is not. This is not good." And they kind of uh, they dropped it. They apologized. Mm-hmm. They uh, walked back from this uh, this stuff. And then, like, what a couple years later, 2014, you've got uh, you got ethics and game journalism. You have mm-hmm. the the beginning of the the GamerGate shit, uh, and like people saying. Oh, I like to have my voluptuous naked women and fucking sexy ladies on my video games because it's for me and you're going to ruin gaming. You're just going to make games bad and educational, whatever their points are. It doesn't matter. Horrible, mm. horrible, vile men <laughs> going after women. Horrible, ex- exclusive, vile men. Exclusively. Yeah. Um, and it just, like, yeah, it kind of, like, touches on this stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, this as it was happening. And you look back and you're like, yeah, things haven't really gotten better for the most part. Like, it's still, like, happening. Uh, no matter what people have all these harassment policies set on Twitter and stuff like that, but they mean nothing mm-hmm. on Facebook. It doesn't mean anything. People still are going after. Nothing means anything on the, on the internet. Yeah, it's fun, right? It's all fun fun so yeah this documentary yep. just kind of touches upon the experience of women in video games um, and just like even like when they play online um, you know on like a shooter or MMO and like there's a like a headset involved uh, if you have like a female sounding name and your voice is female on that thing boy oh boy do the the rapes and the cunts just start coming the, out of the their what mouse. sorry I don't know uh, what, did, what do you think I said Um, the crepes and
1: the bunts. There, there you go. The, so you're the, eating the gri- creeps and you're bunting yeah. uh,
0: to first. Nice. Yeah, suck my Rick and uh, all oh, sorts of... Oh, is uh, that a
1: Rick and Morty joke? Uh, I never thought you
0: were a fan. Yeah, I never went back and watched season three or whatever it was. That's fine. I think that's one of those toxic fandoms that is... Uh... <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah. Uh-huh. What's the sauce?
1: What do you mean... Oh, Sheshwan sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I see some Rick and Morty stuff in my day-to-day. It's um,
0: sad. It's a little excessive, Jarrett. <laughs> yeah. It's a little excessive. Pickle Rick. Anyways. Yeah. So GTFO. Yeah, it just touches upon that. Lots of audio examples and examples of emails and stuff like that and direct messaging. and, Yeah, it's horrible. Men are horrible. <laughs> well, not me or you, though. Yeah. Well, you're pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. it, but it's just like ugh. There's like this one particular sequence though that's like what the fuck is wrong with humanity? So there's like some street fighter tournament and like it's like kind of like a like a reality TV that they're doing and they have like a bunch of dudes and then they have like kind of like a token woman on each team. And they're just playing their they're just playing their games out. Um and there's the one woman who's playing and then there's this like big fat Bearded man who's like <laughs> handling the chat feed, and there's people oh. just like on there who are like, Hey, what does her hair smell like? He's like, oh, I don't know, I'm gonna go find out. So, mm-hmm. as she's playing, he goes over and smells her hair, oh, <laughs> yeah, and it smells like shampoo, and then he types this out. And then people realize this fucking chucklehead is going to do whatever we ask because he wants to be liked. So, what's her bra size? and it just keeps going. And he keeps doing shit. And, like... What was her bra size? I don't know. I don't think they actually left that part in the documentary. Or she just... Oh. And, of course, like, her being, like, t- trained to, like, ha, 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 laugh and not be defend mm-hmm. herself. It's just oh, Horrible. Horrible, horrible. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, what's wrong with this? Like, why was this allowed to happen? And then there's, like, some people trying to explain. See, he was just in the moment. And it's like he he himself wasn't, like, thinking these things. Like, well, he caught up and did it. Because as soon as you get one of those messages, you go, no. And then people will stop sending messages. And you just ignore those ones. Like, you have to. Because if you give voice to it, they're just going to be like, oh, cool. It's a feeding frenzy. We can make this idiot do whatever we want him to do because he's Mm -hmm. one of us. Um, oh, one of us, eh? Yeah. So yeah, this also kind of like ties in well with the uh, Captain Marvel that movie's coming out on Friday,
2: oh. and
0: uh, yeah, the the Internet Men types they're uh, they're in full force, uh, like raiding the Rotten Tomatoes mm. Captain oh, Marvel. Oh, I think allegedly, allegedly,
1: like I I bet I think it was happening a bit, but I think that they exaggerated it a little because yeah. I don't know if you know this, Jarrett. But when that female Ghostbusters came out, they they kind of used those few people who were doing that as marketing so that when the movie was getting bad ratings because it was bad, they were like, oh, it's all those Internet trolls. Well, I saw one, uh, popular know, letterbox critic give it a pretty bad review. And uh, he was talking about on Twitter how to rate Captain Marvel badly without sounding
0: like an incel. (laughs) <laughs> Which I feel like would probably be a challenge. I mean, I I, I'm I'm confident the movie is probably bad because they're yeah. all bad. Like I th- I think they're yes. all bad movies. Um, but no, so there's definitely though. Uh, so at the comic book store, uh, oh. over the last like few years, post Last Jedi, it wasn't the mm-hmm. it wasn't the Ghostbusters movie, but definitely Last Jedi on. Uh, there's this guys that you wouldn't expect who are just saying like, yeah, I don't know, it's just got a lot of that SJW crap in it, and I'm like, huh you just said that out loud without any irony. And, uh, I'm very, uh, disturbed. And I didn't want to like talk to you anymore. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of my view of this. It's like, yeah, that's like really stupid. That's the least of these movies worries, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I, and then like, uh, I was just being told the other day that a guy was at the store with his kids and this girl's like, he's like, Oh, we're not no, honey. We're not going to see the captain Marvel movie. Cause she's a bad person talking about Brie Larson being a bad human being. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck me. Like, I'm this sorry. is like, no, this is the thing. Like, since that, like, uh, YouTube is kind of becoming a battleground for this stuff. Like, there's, oh, the, like, these, because, like, anyone can just create content. And uh, mm-hmm. these, there's these guys who are finding uh, a fan base uh, who are, like, saying shit. And it's on all fandoms, like role-playing games, Magic the Gathering. Like they're 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 spreading, and like people <laughs> who don't like aren't in fully engaged with this. They just have their YouTube on. They go, oh, here's a video that's related to something I'm curious about. They click on yeah. it, and then they hear these opinions, and they go, oh yeah, I agree with this because they don't like <laughs> even unchallenged, and then they start saying it, and like they think that oh, I'm in this like you know. Comic store. I can I can talk about these things that uh, I think these we are all, my people. The, I, we, we can all agree on. It's like, no, no, we don't agree on this mm. at all. Um, yeah, SJW crap. And so yeah, this is like, I don't know. There's like been the theories of like how the GamerGate crew kind of like fused with like the like MAGA Reddit Trump stuff mm. and like have like it's all kind of a continuity of this like stream of people who don't like yeah. to be told what to think or do. And like,
1: do you like to be told what to think and do?
0: Is that, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I, I guess like, I don't have to worry about it that much. Cause I'm not, Yeah, I'm not online. I know. <laughs> like I don't interact with people that like, where this is an issue. Like, I don't know what world they live in. Maybe they're like, in a battleground because they're constantly finding places to fight with people online. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. It's perspective that I find alien to my own experience. Maybe I shouldn't write it off RJ. Maybe I'm being unfair, but I don't think I am. Uh, I think
1: one of the biggest things here is that uh, you don't really understand, man. You don't really understand. Michael Jackson was the biggest. <laughs> he he means so much to so many people. Oh, man, you can't
0: they, take that away from people. They, they, but there's those fans who are also uh, like, like Michael Jackson fan ba- fan pages are being mm-hmm. uh, also uh, galvanized to like go out and like devote de- de- this movie because like I, I when you look this up, I, on, I saw that on actually. Google. On if you yeah. search this on Google, this is, the movie's got like a seventy percent rating. And because I didn't realize you can actually rate movies on Google now. Mm -hmm. and it's associated with your gmail account and you can just write whatever you want and it's like oh this is like a real uh window into the this world now so i actually um on sunday we watched part one and then we watched
1: part two on monday and on sunday we watched part one and just it was just crave was being weird but part two wasn't available and i was like huh i was like i wonder when that comes out like maybe because i was like maybe it comes out next week they just showed one part tonight Mm. um it, we got it eventually. It was fine. But uh, so I, I googled "Leaving Neverland Part 2, and uh, what came up was the rating. It was at like ten yeah. percent for "Leaving Neverland," and it was like, it was like this thing just aired on HBO an hour ago.
0: Even on Letterboxd, it's like yeah. all these zero point fives from people who like don't exist. It's like very little, but yeah, yeah it's so uh, fascinating. Do you think I should go on there
1: and and give it like a decent ratings just so people know it's okay? If you
0: can you can pick you can do what you want to do to battle the trolls, man. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that GTFO is uh, oh, all right. It's uh, yeah, I mean, it ties into so much stuff though, and uh, it's it's fine. It's not like uh, an amazing documentary by any means, but it's like mm-hmm. it touches on some stuff that is still happening. But it's got some real weird sort of like conclusions that some of these like uh, I guess like what the these guys would call white nighters. There's a little bit of that where you go, mm, I don't think that's going to help like some bad, like, like, it's just like the advice where it's like how women can like defend themselves. <laughs> and it's like, it always my mind. Like when I see that, I, it always kind of like makes me think of those like, uh, memes about like, Hey, instead of like women having to like think about ways so they don't get raped. How about men just don't rape? <laughs> like just it's all like, rape. Yeah. yeah it's, right. It's kind of like comes to my mind. I'm like, Oh, Hey, why don't they don't, why don't we try that for a, for a change? Anyway, mm, uh, I don't know, man. Man, pretty hard not to rape people. I know. Every day I go pretty out tough. and I'm like, I just want to pull this car over right now. Ooh, don't say too much stuff. You're gonna <laughs> incriminate yourself. Um anyways, hey, I rewatched uh. Conan the Barbarian. How was that for you? It's fine. Um yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know. That's,
1: that's that's better than I would have thought. The,
0: the, 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 so. so the score, the score is cool. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, this movie drags though. Uh, there's a lot of like stuff that like doesn't need to be there. It isn't a particularly great piece of eighties movies. Like I haven't like I didn't watch this movie till late in my life though. I have no nostalgia for it. And I think sometimes with uh, 80s stuff that goes a long way. It's kind of like the Goonies too. I didn't grow up with mm-hmm. it, so it's kind of like just there to me. You didn't grow up with it. I thought that was a Jared Duncan grow up movie. No, 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 go- no Goonies. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean like, Hey, star Wars, Indiana Jones. Sure. But like I can get, but I I know people who watch that stuff now, like for the first time and they go, Oh, Mm -hmm. they don't get it, I guess. So I don't know. There's a certain amount of training that comes with these movies, but, uh, yeah. Conan, um, you got James Earl Jones, uh, pretty awesome. He's, he's definitely like a a pretty good piece of this movie. There's some like really good moments and scenes in this, but there's a lot of like middling filmmaking. That is like. Sport. What do you mean by that? Just like lifeless scenes that like feel like oh mm. like or just like oh we will not even like try to build up a moment very well. I mean, mm-hmm. if you compare like this sort of like fantasy epic storytelling, you compare this to like what Lord of the Rings does, or what he, yeah. what Game of Thrones does is like a TV episode stuff. It doesn't have any of it, and like considering like Conan the Barbarian, it kicks off all the sword and sorcery movies that I've been watching lately. Mm-hmm. Um And like, it's I mean that genre sucks for the most part. There's like. A few that I've watched that I think are better than Conan the Barbarian because I get some weird, en- I get more enjoyment out of it where they have more, I feel like more ambition. Whereas, and okay, the other thing too is this movie is also directed by John uh, Milius. Um, and for the most part, looking back over my reviews for his movies, I don't really like his movie making skills like much at all. Uh, what else does he do? Uh, like Red Dawn, um I guess like actually like the all. 80s Red Dawn or yeah, like the a- new a- a- red 80s, Dawn? 80s Red Dawn. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, like, if you look him up, like, his best movie I watched, uh, actually, we might have even talked about in the very first episode of the podcast, Dillinger. That, oh, that, yeah, yeah. That, that movie is, like, fantastic. Uh, but, like, everything else of his, I don't know. I just don't click with his uh, film style, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, still learning English here. <laughs> like, he clearly is, like, working through with an actor or an acting coach how to deliver his lines at all, and he's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know the the kind of like General Jones is like goons. He's like main right hand men. They're like the dorkiest villains. They have just big mullety like like roadie dudes. Super cool dudes. Hey, they're, they're super cool. They're Van Art dudes. Like
1: <laughs> Van
0: Art. Van Art. Yeah, they look like they'd, they'd be like driving the van with Van Art with themselves painted oh, on the sign of it. I see. That, that's what these guys look like. Drive the uh, driving with speakers and stuff in the back gear. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too, too much to say other than uh, I remember when I watched this for the first time, like several years ago, being kind of like, oh, there's like a couple of good scenes in this movie, but it's kind of a slog to get to and rewatching it. I was like, yeah, I feel the exact same way, Mm -hmm. but the score is really great.
1: So the score is good, huh?
0: Yeah. You see, you just listen to that score, but if you want it. (laughs) It's about it. I think a lot of people do. Uh, Hey, Oliver Stone wrote the screenplay. (laughs) Oliver Stone. Yeah, this Conan's not that political, though. No, there's like, well, there's like some like clan meeting thing that happens at the end, and and, and uh, James Earl oh. Jones' head gets cut off and thrown down some steps. That's and he's like the leader of the clan. I don't know. And then a guy comes out and he goes, hey, hey. yeah. And then I watched uh, the cap off this Saturday viewing, "The Children," a vinegar syndrome film that I bought back when they had a sale. Oh, Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, yeah, so this little yeah. number, so it's, this is like a some regional horror filmmaking classic. Um, this is a movie about the evils of nuclear energy and, oh. and the carelessness of man and some oh. gases leaking out and oh. exposing to some children on a school bus and they oh. become little hugging nuclear ki- monster kids. Uh, this, movie's oh. pretty, this movie's pretty good. It's pretty charming, R.J., Oh, it is. Yeah, I I like this actually. I thought I like, you
1: were gonna say something different.
0: No, I I actually uh, quite enjoyed this. Uh, hmm. I think even you would enjoy this. I think this would be a good uh, creeptober viewing for you uh, later this what, year. What was it? What was the title again? The children. The from children. 1980.
1: Okay, I'll I'll let you I'll let you know why. I'll maybe
0: watch it. You, yeah, I'll I'll uh you know I'll I'll hook you up. I got I got. You'll, you'll I got, sneak I got, it I got, into my
1: yeah, my your uh, your, your, your pack. Yeah. Yeah, because that's been well. I mean, I only have like twelve of your movies left mm-hmm. over, so
0: that's Just, it. Y- you know. Okay, I got so yeah. You'll watch the children. It it's sure. it's Fine. uh it's got some good like practical effects, in, like it's like there's shitty effects, but there's like so, like so many people die in this thing. It's am- mm. it's amazing. I don't want to ruin it too much because you'll watch it one day. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, uh-huh. finally, RJ, I did watch another documentary. Um, uh, so, uh, we'll get to that. So oh, after okay. watching hearts and minds, I was kind of like thinking like, so what are some other, um, controversial or at least one time controversial documentaries. And I found a list and I was like skimming through it and I'm like seeing that, seeing it, 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 it, Earthlings. Mm-hmm. What the hell's earthlings? And I'm reading, and I'm like, whew, man. Yeah. Well- I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for this type of filmmaking at, at my uh, tender age here. I don't know if I can handle this Earthlings because, uh, RJ, uh, are you familiar with Earthlings? No, but I don't like people, so I can only imagine what this is. So this came out in 2005. It is mm-hmm. narrated by uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Hmm? Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is a film. All right. This this is basically a... Uh, Make you a vegan documentary. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't watch those because I like my Hippocratic stance on things. So, because I know stuff it, like it, that just makes it, me feel is, bad. Is that
0: like the Hippocratic Oath? Kind of. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So okay. Um, I,
1: th- I think fans, creepers, fans of
0: the show have pointed that out before. Yeah. So, yeah. Earthlings. Uh, this is on YouTube. Of uh, mm-hmm. course, of course. And Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen my review on boxed. I have not. Can you uh, <laughs> d- just break it down for me? Well, okay. So this is just like somebody's like crummy, new agey essay that they've written about mm-hmm. the planet with lots of quotes from people. Oh, um, quotes! And it's with Phoenix delivering his lines like this about what happens to pigs in slaughterhouses and then there's like intertitles and then there's text that over top of different things like such as ruptures and abscesses and cannibalism mm-hmm. and uh yeah it goes through like five stages of like our our relations with animals uh number 1 is pets <laughs> uh touching upon not so much like the idea of like animals as our companions, but the fact that, like, people are uh, not very good pet owners and uh, what happens to dogs and cats uh, in our mm. urban centers. And let me tell you, RJ, uh, this this documentary's got some choice footage that would uh, definitely get you some some some, uh, some meta tags for you that you like to use on Letterboxd, like animal violence and animal cruelty, but not simulated, uh, but, like, real stuff, and you're just like... Oh, and I mean, I've got, I mean, I would consider myself having somewhat of a hardened heart, but uh, yeah, there's definitely some moments of like pause of where like, oh, shit, but this is what I signed up for, right? So this is like in the top 100 documentaries on Letterboxd. Uh, it's got like a, like a 4.0 rating or something like that. I don't know. I don't think you can really rate this thing Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's like, this is like shitty filmmaking in so many ways. Like this is like not well made or like, like it's not a discourse. It's just like uh, I described it as a Mondo movie, like an exploitation film um, Mm. where it's like, it has this agenda and it's just showing, yeah, like footage of stuff that like I didn't really, I mean, you know what you're, I mean, again, you know what you're setting up for. You're like, Hey, this is what a slaughterhouse looks like. And here's like the worst moments ever documented, like of just, yeah, just throats being slit and things writhing around. And, uh, you're just like, yep, that's exactly what that looks like.
1: Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Jared. Yep. Cause I don't usually lie to you. Mm? I stopped listening when you were talking about animal abuse. Yeah. Because I was kind of like, I know Everybody sucks. We all suck. I'll be the first one to say it. I think people are real bad, and uh, I embrace the animal uprising.
0: I'm all for it. See, Bring it the, on, man. So, so I I tapped out on this. Yeah. Um. After the dolphins, uh, because Ooh, yeah, I, I know about that a yeah. little bit. Well, I I've seen the cove. Um, and I yeah. I don't think there's like actually that much footage in the cove even close to what this shows. Um, yeah, there's something a lot more upsetting about like hairless things writhing around that just like adds to this, the disturbingness. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, it's that, but like I even, I, I feel bad eating pork
1: sometimes. Like pigs are actually really smart. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I don't feel bad eating is fish. Cause fuck fish. (laughs) Fuck them. Uh, but like pork pigs are super smart. Cows are, uh. Cows can be really like caring and compassionate, so that one's tough too. Um chickens I don't really care for. Other birds are nice, but chickens suck. Uh
0: what else do we want to talk <laughs> oh, about boy. eating? Garrett? R R J's uh, uh pecking order, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Actually there's there are a few things I feel bad about eating before. Like cause I think you know I've been to some different countries and I've tried their cuisines. There was one that I tried. I didn't know it was bad when I ate it. And then like, I found out the practices of how to obtain said food resource. And I was like, Oh, I don't like that anymore. <laughs> I can tell you if you want, but dog. No, I would never do that.
0: <laughs> well, uh, when knowingly.
1: I was China... Yeah. Well, when I was in China, I had uh, some a, some of that. It's, shark a, fin it's, soup. it's, it's,
0: it's, oh, yeah.
1: And like at the t- like at the time, I was sixteen. I was like, I don't know. They're like, this is shark soup. I was like, okay. It was it wasn't great. It was really oily. And then uh, I think a couple years later, I was like, oh, did you know they just cut the fins off of those sharks and throw them back in? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like I yeah.
0: didn't know that. I've had that soup before. I was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So I mean, there's like that element of like the obvious like Jesus Christ, why are people so horrible? But then there's yeah. like, but there's this like element that they. Don't like up to the point that I watched on this documentary. That's just like very slow. Oh, the the thing I didn't mention though is like the music. So yeah, this like takes a lot of Moby, <laughs> and like I'm not kidding. Like it's over like horrifying stuff, and you're just like, uh, everlasting. What's that? Uh, what's that Moby song when it's like the old folks home? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't hear that piece pop up, but uh
2: trouble so bad.
0: it's such a strange thing. You're just like, oh yeah, who is nobody this? Know who? my yeah, natural but, blues? Yeah, blues, like...
2: <laughs> 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 is that the music that comes up? <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> it's
0: so fucking funny. Like it's funny, haha. <laughs> but uh, you know, but like there's this element though of like how dehumanizing that job is of being, hey, I'm the one who caves in the fucking pig head and like oh this one this one's not almost dead and then like you have three dudes in like giant men beards and flannel who are just like chopping away a fucking carcass and and you're just like I don't know if these are like particularly evil human beings because like I mean at this point like once you've killed this stuff it doesn't even matter like you're just like in the zone of like not caring right like you eventually you like you just shut down like you would. I say
1: yes and no. I think yeah. there's a certain thing where you have like, there's a kind of bias where um, like for a lot of psych studies, the people who sign up for it, they're like already leaning towards that kind of thing. Because if you sign up for like a sex survey, you're a lot of the time you're already like either <laughs> kind of experimental mm. or you're the other way.
0: So there's a little RJ. Like,
1: there, there are biases set up for that. So I think people who have those jobs, if you apply for it, you must already be kind of on that that wavelength and then some people don't you, have a choice though some people don't have a choice so I I was gonna say it can go either way so they're the people who take on the job realize they don't like it but they have nothing else and they have to do it well, I mean yeah. or there's people who actively look for it and then yeah. those are the ones who like just do it the, 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 the dudes
0: working at the Hyde plant.
1: Yeah. Well, see, I mean, like, I can even speak to that, too, because I used to do animal work, too. And mm-hmm. I, I got to a certain point where I was like, this isn't worth it.
0: And, I don't and, like and, this. And now you've radicalized.
1: I have. Yeah, I went the I went totally the other way. And now I'm singing natural blues by Moby myself. And,
0: and, and laying in traffic in, like, sandwich bags naked. Was that something that happened in this? Did you say that? No, no that's like a uh, an old uh,
1: PETA thing. Oh, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Some uh, performance art. Uh, yeah, but everyone turned on PETA like a week or two ago. Um, so
0: they've people, people have turned on PETA, and PETA wants it that way. They, yeah. they always, they're always playing the game. They're, they're they're pretty, not, uh, they're they're not helping themselves at all. Though but they're you good, they are like, good at. They don't care about themselves though. They are all about uh, getting out the message. And them hey, and tof, tofu now is being consumed more than ever before. Did you put me in charge of PETA? Yeah. I would be good. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a couple you'd, degrees. You'd, you'd shut them down. Who, PETA? Yeah. yeah Parts straight, of them, sure. Yeah, you sound like a PETA guy. They're all, they're out there. It's all about uh, extending the brand and getting their name in the headlines. That's all they're about. They don't give a shit. They are shameless shameless mm-hmm. uh, promotion. But they're not like, there's no like, like you don't know like who's, who's the head of PETA, right? That's the thing. Like, no one actually singles out who is the, person like there's no like personality that everyone's like oh I fucking hate Bono or something like that like there's no like celebrity it's like Uh, a bunch of it's a bunch of anonymous people who are just like constantly upping the game of like hey how do we get ourselves talked about so people can't avoid us anymore and so they do stupid shit that most people go oh come on they can't even be serious and I'm like I don't even think they are serious but they're about getting out the fact that they exist and like every dude who's like for every pig you don't eat I'll eat 10 (laughs) like that 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 comment we were just like Okay, but it's like mm-hmm. like those people are like whatever like they're gonna they're gonna eat nothing they're gonna eat exactly what they normally ate they just like think they're I'm gonna put the gears on them you know and then go play some MMOs or play some uh, Call of Duty and like call women names and it's like the same types. Oh, <laughs> oh Jared, yeah. Oh Jared, humanity, Earthlings. Because so what Earthlings is in reference to is the fact that we're all Earthlings. Cats are Earthlings. Dogs are earthlings. We're all earthlings. And uh, we're specious, RJ, by consuming the flesh. Of you know, others. I don't want to,
1: like, give too much away. But I was talking to, like, kids today, like 12-year-old kids. Yep. About how we are all connected in the earth, even the rocks and things. Because when we would die, we would be turned into the rocks, which we can be, like, that's what fossil fuels are and stuff. And you know what, Jared? All those 12-year-olds... They had no problem with that. They're like, yeah, we get it. We're all the same thing, aren't we? And I was like, yeah, you got it, man. That's how it's going.
0: No, it's so, their left and right. Leftists, uh, leftist li-
1: liberals. I don't know. I think people get too cor- – everyone gets corrupted <laughs> by their parents' viewpoints. It's just – I don't know. Kids don't
0: really see a problem with it. They they understood. Until they grow up and get worse. Like you, and it's our fault. Well, Jared, you are the alt right. <laughs> what? So it's yeah. That sounds about. That sounds correct. It's or the alt left. Uh, con- the control left. <laughs> oh. Hey, Origin, you got any news for us? That's all the movies no. I
1: watched. No, I got no news. I don't. There could have been news. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm out of it, dude. People died. Luke Perry died. Yeah, I said
0: that already. You fucking yeah, because you, you killed him. I might, I yeah. might have, yeah. That was news though. So uh, yeah, did you, did you know Luke Perry has a son who's a pro wrestler named Jungle Boy? <laughs> what's his uh, What's his wardrobe like? Uh, it, he's he's a Jungle Boy.
1: Is he like a Tarzan
0: thing? Or yeah, like he's what? he's like a little Tarzan. He's got a big. Mm. he got a big head of curly hair, and he's very like small. He's like not very big. But he's very, he's very, he's a tight little mm-hmm. muscular boy. I had no idea. I had heard this jungle boy name pop up, and I was like, oh, whatever. And then uh, someone messaged him on Twitter saying, uh, "Sorry about what happened to your dad," and I was like, who the fuck's his dad? And then like, I didn't connect it until someone was like, oh, his dad." So was a wrestling fan because Luke Perry was also a producer on that Ric Flair documentary from like the other year. And I was like, huh, I'll be. What kind of Ric Flair documentary? What are you talking about? There was that Ric Flair documentary. Is that like that song, that Ric Flair drip? You ever heard of that? I have, because rappers love Ric Flair. Yeah, because he goes woo? Because he's he's styling and profiling. Oh, well, what are we doing? Slumping and shuffling and dumping. Come
1: on, it was right there. You got to get on my level, dude. Slumping and dumping. You're bad at stuff. You got to talk about butts and dumps and all sorts of dirty diarrheas. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, this is. I mean, we could just rebrand the diarrhea discs and uh, at least review movies on DVD uh, on, on DVD only.
1: I gotta say, I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't want to play my cards too early, but I'm interested.
0: Cool. So there you go. <laughs> Well, RJ. What? I think it's time. You're drafted. Two? I'm drafted. We're going to Vietnam. Is, uh, like right now? Yeah. They after, got good after, food after, there. after the break. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they're gonna, over. I, I don't think they're going to like it very much, though. Why not? Because we're bombing the shit out of them. Not us, though. With facts. Oh. And opinions. Oh. Um. Dig it! No. Woo!
2: Hehe. <laughs> who ask why this responsibility should be ours, the answer I think is simple, there's no one else who can do the job.
0: We began to feel the sense of a world power that possibly we could control the future of the world. We don't see the end of the tunnel, but uh, I must say I don't think it's uh, darker than it was a year ago, in some ways lighter. Throughout the war in Vietnam,
2: the United States has exercised a degree of restraint unprecedented in the annals of war. <laughs> Five hundred thousand of them in Vietnam, and this war became a war of genocide. Do You think it's worth it? Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they say it was
0: fighting for something. I don't know. Americans say the Vietnamese are just slant-eyed savages. The Vietnamese have 5,000 years of history. We fight against the invaders. It is not we who are the savages. I know very little about it over there, I'll tell you. And the less I know, the better off I'll be. I don't even know who we're fighting for over there, to be real honest with you. I think we're fighting for the North Vietnamese, ain't we?
1: How did I feel when the war was over? I felt real good. And that was our number one ambition. That's what we really wanted was to win this war. It took us a long time. So when it's finally over, when we knew that we had
2: won, we felt great. We really felt great. I think Americans
1: have worked extremely hard not to see the criminality their officials and their policymakers have exhibited.
0: Make no mistake about it. We are going to win. The history of conflict among nations does not record another such lengthy and consistent chronicle of error, as we have shown in Vietnam, the Vietnamese fight only in self-defense. Ultimately, the Americans will see the light. If not, they will defeat themselves.
1: When the going gets tough, the tough get going, because winners
2: never quit, and quitters never win. We must be ready to fight in Vietnam, but the ultimate victory will depend upon the hearts and the minds. ...of the people who actually live out there.
0: And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Hearts and Minds from 1974, directed by Peter Davis. The tagline for the film, The Forever War Goes On. Is that the Infinity War? uh, Or the Forever Evil? It's like a crossover? I don't know. Mm. Uh, Many times during his presidency... Lyndon B. Johnson said that ultimate victory in the Vietnam War depended upon the U.S. military winning the hearts and minds of the Vietnamese people. Filmmaker Peter Davis uses Johnson's phrase in an ironic context in this anti-war documentary filmed and released while the Vietnam War was still underway, juxtaposing interviews with military figures like U.S. Army Chief of Staff William C. Westmoreland with shocking scenes of violence and brutality. Is that what... Is that what this is about? This that, movie. I guess that's what it's. That's what happens. Sure. Amongst other things. Yeah, like there's definitely things that happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. So RJ, what do you recall about the Vietnam War from your uh, social studies classes?
1: Uh, I'm gonna be completely frank with you. I don't remember learning about Vietnam at all. I remember, and I don't know if it's. I don't think it's that I forgot. I don't think I learned about it at all. Because I remember a lot of the stuff we learned. I remember when we learned about Russia. Mm-hmm. I remember when the, we learned the, about communism. The the Russian unit. <laughs> yeah, I re- The Russia unit. I remember uh, the Métis unit. I remember a lot of that stuff. I don't remember no Vietnam. Hmm. Might have been like one line. Well, America was in Vietnam for a while. Things <laughs> didn't work out very good. Oh, well. Oh, well.
0: What do do you remember about Vietnam? Well, I don't know. I was just curious because I figured you're not much of a Vietnam Warsman. What does that mean? (laughs) You don't know much about the Vietnam War. Hey, I've seen Born on the 4th of July. That's what I mean. Because you've probably seen the movies. Have you you seen that platoon? Yes. Okay. I've seen a little platoon. I've seen a little Born on the 4th of
1: July. A little Pockets Now. (laughs) A little apocalypse now. I've read eleven twenty two sixty three, Jared. Oh, <laughs> there's a detailed account about. Hey, what if JFK hadn't died? Would he have ended the Vietnam War? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> who's who's to say?
0: What do you know about Vietnam? Why don't you why don't you lay it on me well, for once? I don't know. Uh, read a, read a textbook, folks. Uh so because this documentary doesn't really lay out in this like cohesive. Way what the Vietnam War is, and in fact, there is an interview uh, with uh, what's his name, Walt Rostow, who's uh, an aide. When he was asked, "Hey, what's this war all about?" Uh, Peter Davis, mm-hmm. the director, asking him, and he's like trying to buy time by not explaining what the war was, like what, why the war is happening, what started it. Cause the guy's just like, why oh, are you really asking me the silly question? <laughs> like I that's preposterous. Like, I, I like how he phrases it. He's like, are we really going to do that?
1: Yeah. We're really going to do that. Hey.
0: Yeah. Well, s-
1: I mean, if, if you want to do something, so like he said, he says a, like a specific word, it's like something so rudimentary is mm-hmm. that, I mean, if we're going to no sophomore, he said yeah. something so sophomore is yeah. that uh, I guess we can do that
0: then if we're going to do that. Yeah, that's some real punching down, uh, mm-hmm. s- academic slapping around. That he's uh, drumming up. Because he's like, I, I, don't, I don't want to answer that. I, I I, don't even want to begin to answer that, even though it's like my job to know this shit. Yeah. But anyway. I feel like that every time we do a podcast. Yeah. This punching down thing. Mm-hmm. That's me.
1: <laughs> what do you know about Vietnam,
0: man? I was, it was a thing that happened. It happened. So uh, once. I, I want to say this is like my first rewatch. Um, I might have seen this once and then a second time, but I'm not sure certain on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's probably been like 15 years since I watched it last. Um, uh, it's one of, uh, my friend Corey's, uh, favorite documentaries. So that was kind of my introduction mm-hmm. to it. He is a, uh, a, a fan of the military documentary. Jarhead? Um, documentary. <laughs> oh, I meant, is he a jarhead? <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, okay. No, uh, he's, he's a liberal who likes guns. <gasps> is he also a vegan? Uh, one time. No, no, not just a practicing vegetarian. None, oh, nonetheless. That's good too. So yeah, that was kind of like my like uh introduction to this documentary is cuz he's oh, we got to watch this cuz it's like I think he would have taped it off of IFC. And in fact, I think at one point mm. uh, on a road trip I picked this up uh the, the, the Criterion DVD of this from a store while I was uh, in a, in a big city somewhere uh mm-hmm. for him as a gift. Anywho. Uh so yeah, it's been a while since I watched this. And uh for the most part like the thing that I remember most about it is the uh the the I guess now infamous line from uh old General William Westmoreland uh, referencing the uh, the Orientals uh, <laughs> of Vietnam uh, how cheap is life in the Orient like that like whole thing at the very end of this thing of the documentary which is just like uh, it, it's so Dad. it's so fucking <laughs> preposterous and ridiculous that this man said that and he said it out loud and it's like yeah this I'm is scared. that that I mean that would wind up hunting probably him. Like I don't know if he cared that he said it, but definitely uh, haunts his legacy. It's so right on his Wikipedia. I can't think of anything more damning in my life. <laughs>
1: well, Jared, he he really wanted people to understand that in the Orient, they just don't value life Yeah, like they do in the West. Yeah. Uh, there was one, I thought, at the start that was equally kind of, maybe not as bad, but equally weird, where uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it was like, some guy's talking and he's like, will we ever understand these Asians, these Orientals? Will we ever understand them? He's like, we don't think so. We can't crack it, Garrett. Will <laughs> we ever understand these Asians? And then it cuts to an Asian guy and he's like, I don't know why they're here. <laughs> I'm just like a pig farmer. I, I really wish they would leave. Yeah. And, and it back, cuts back. I don't know. We'll never figure it out, I guess. It's just uh,
0: one of life's great mysteries. Well, um, starting here from the beginning here of my notes. Um, so I I guess like my question about like, wait, what do you know about the Vietnam War, RJ? Is like, Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, do you remember like learning about like the domino theory as like a American, uh, foreign policy not applied to Vietnam but like well, I'm familiar with the the concept. Right. Well, so there was like the whole idea that like in post World War II, uh uh-huh. America would practice containment of the spread of communism. So I mean they started like spending a lot of money and resources in like uh st- stationing themselves uh in countries uh mm-hmm. surrounding uh you know Soviet Russia as it, as it uh you know took over countries and like it's the philosophies of communism found themselves into other different, (laughs) different pockets. And then when it hit China in 1949, they're like, Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, so. Oh my God. Right. And so then you got like, right at that point you had the Korean war Mm -hmm. and, uh, that, that ended in a draw and, uh, continues to be in that situation. Uh, and they were like, cool, now we have to worry about Asia. And then um, the French were starting to have their, uh, the beginning, I guess, of like what the Vietnam War became. Like there's the Indochina Wars, I guess. There's the, yeah. f- the first part of that with French colonialists uh, where you have Vietnam saying, we don't want you here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then uh, America's like, well, we got to we gotta keep our power there. I can't let this this Ho Chi Minh guy, you know, let, let him... Uh, he's got those communist studies under his belt we we can't have him uh spreading communism even further so we got to shut that down cuz this that's the domino theory is that like mm-hmm. you, it's just keeps? it's going to keep coming they're going to keep setting up and falling I so, follow. yeah so that's like kind of like this is like one of the, the driving forces of why the war has to be fought i guess uh, was mm-hmm. to prevent prevent this from happening um, and of course, like just ignoring the fact that like Vietnam as a country has like repelled invaders for thousands of years, like everyone's mm-hmm. tried to conquer them at some point and they just like can constantly resist and like. You can't, you can't be Viet Cong, man. They got those guerrilla tactics. The, the, well, they just like, yeah, they, it's a uh, tough territory to take and by people that don't want to don't want you there. It's very, uh, it's tough. I mean, there's like a real contrast, like probably one of the big moments, like even if you Google image search this film, um, like one of the things that pops up is that imaging, like, I'm not sure if it's like US Marines. There's a guy with the Zippo lighter lighting up the grass hut and, and like oh, yeah. right in front of this family of people who look pretty, pretty salty, RJ. A little, a little they're looking a little salty. Well, it, it was their hut, man. They're, that was their house that's being burnt down for the sake of security, but you know, they're being liberated uh, you're Old. like, man, I've never seen such liberated people look so sour about it. Like some people are just ungrateful though. <laughs> no. So you it's, know. it's like this, like, and you can tell like the guys that are there, they're looking over, they're, they're on camera. They're looking over at these people. They're like, Oh, these fucking ungrateful people. Or, or they're like, huh. I don't know if we're supposed to be doing this. I don't think this feels right. But you know, we have search and destroy orders or uh aka kill everything call or kill kill anything that moves. Uh that was a real thing. Uh even animals? Yeah, you know, you just never know. Huh. It could be Charlie, it could be Charlie, man. You never know, man. I like
1: uh I like the one where it's just like just a regular like footman and they're like, Do you think this war is worth it? And he's like, Well, I don't know.
0: Well, he's, he's like, like, well, I'm like here. I, I think, like, you know, I think, like, well, I, I don't know, well, maybe, yeah, I guess, like, <laughs>
2: he's like, What do you want
1: me to say, dude? Like,
0: yeah, well, we, we all can't be, uh, Lieutenant George Coker. Um, uh, mm. <laughs> he, he's, so smooth, he, he's hey? very confident. Hey, he's still alive. Oh, really? Yeah, what does he think of this? I've known he doesn't probably give a shit. uh, he's 75 right. years old. Uh, this is like a blip in his life. Yeah. I don't know. You, when you have, like, guys that were, like, prisoners of war, uh, particularly, I think, prisoners of war in Vietnam, they probably have a pretty uh, messed up view of life uh, at that point. So, uh, you, I don't know. It's just like John McCain and all these, these poor bastards that, like, were held by people <laughs> that held them in utter contempt. Uh, probably not a good time. So, I don't know. He says some pretty horrible things. Um John one? McCain or this dude? Well, I'm sure John McCain held some questionable views, but uh, yeah, Lieutenant George Coker, he's got some uh what is it? The one like addressing the uh room full of like Catholic school children. What does Vietnam look like? Well, if it wasn't for the people, it'd be very pretty. They're uh very backward, very primitive. They just make mm-hmm. a mess of everything. <laughs> You're just like she, she was asking what the country looked like, and just like that's that uh, guy, that's some real editorializing right there. That guy has got to be like
1: one of the the top motivational speakers I've ever heard. Like, like we we were watching this, and Andy's like, "Oh, this guy doesn't sound like robotic at all." He's like, "It's about duty and country, and God bless America." But he's also like, this is what you need to do, and he's talking to like kids. Yeah. He's like, well, when Charlie got me up in, in the bush, I just took him out. I took all of them though, every <laughs> last one of them. And you, and he was like, when and you, you f- will when too. you fight
0: in a war, when you will and you will fight you in you a will, war. <laughs> yeah,
1: direct quote: when you fight in a war and you will yeah. fight in a war at some point in your life, yeah. you'll understand too. I mean, he might have been talking <laughs> metaphoric like. <laughs> But it's just funny because you see him say that, and then it cuts to like an eight-year-old kid like picking yeah, his nose and staring. He, his eyes. He's just like, "Huh?
0: Who me? Go, I got to do that. Get them while they're young. That's the oh. that's, that, that's the thing. Well <laughs> oh, like, you mean indoctrination? Yeah, get get oh, get get in there. Get that uh, patriotism into him because you know we got all those uh, goddamn long hairs back home ruining it all. The what? The, the long hairs. Oh,
1: I like the dude with the afro who was like the middle arm and the middle legs. Oh, the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, the well, who's like there's like the big reveal, I guess. No, where, no, no, or, not him. Yeah. Uh it's the guy who he looks like he's on a 70s talk show and uh he's got a he's he's like oh. a white guy with a huge afro. He's talking about Napalm and how like he doesn't have an arm, but he's also like he says some pretty crazy stuff. He's like, yeah, we were, we were told to dump that napalm. And then I toasted them. I roast, or he's like, I toasted them diddies until it was crispies. He's like, you dig it? Do you dig? <laughs> and then it's, it's really, like, the way he phrases it, you're like, what? He, he's one of the, uh, the enlightened ones who's went there seen what happened and came back. Yeah, he, but... saw, he's, he saw
0: some shit. Yeah, he saw some shit. Just he just lost like, his arm, th- man. Just, just like Bill Murray and Rushmore.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was in the shit. Was this the shit, Jared?
0: Yeah, this was the shit. This was the shit? Yeah. Hmm. Well So I, RJ. Yeah. Th- th- I don't know. I feel like uh this, this episode might kind of uh be kind of like this film, which uh I've seen be described and I would I echo this. Impressionistic loose uh filmmaking. Like there's no like thorough line of like documentary filmmaking where it's like this is the war this is the history of the Vietnam war in this clear cohesive manner where it's like laying it all out um and it doesn't have this clear beginning middle event it's kind of just like a lot of like kind of like tonal shifts like in the terms like the it's it was edited by feeling more than anything else where it's just like hey we're going to transition into this now like we're just going to go into different movements and just talking through all these like cuz it's like it's talking heads using um like kind of like stock footage, news footage, uh, inter- like, mom- interviews from like historical figures. And then like bringing it into like people who were there, people who were alive in 1973 when this was being filmed, 74. Uh, and it just kind of like kind of flows in and out. And I think that's like really mm-hmm. the only way to really, really start talking about this. Um, but I guess so as far as context goes for Hearts and Minds as a documentary, um, when this film was released, Vietnam was, the war was still happening. It didn't mm-hmm. end till seventy five, uh, the fall of Saigon, uh, and uh, there was some debate whether or not this was like a win for America, they, because America didn't lose wars. America, there was debate. Yes, one hundred percent. There was like oh, okay. it was like, I was like gonna it, see, it, it, this yeah. wasn't this. It was like v- Vietnam was not viewed in nineteen seventy four the way it is now, um, as kind of like a clusterfuck. Oh, um, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. An L. Well, who who said that they won? Everyone? Everyone? Well, well not everyone, but obviously, like... Mission accomplished, boys. The, 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 I'm sure William Westmoreland would be like, well, uh, they, they would call it a strategic withdrawal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're like, oh, well, because Nixon wanted to get the troops out of there because it was a very unpopular war. Yeah. Um, there's that really great uh, uh, sequence where they go through, what, f- uh, four presidents... Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of like the Vietnam war and each of them saying like where they're at with the, what, with Vietnam, you have Eisenhower to JFK to LBJ to Nixon. And they all have like their, their, uh, interviews they're doing for TV and they're all like mm-hmm. touching upon the state of Vietnam. You're like, Oh, this has been going on for a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. like, and, and it did like like what 15 15 20 years something like that.
1: I like the uh, Eisenhower easily. stuff when he's like he's like, "Well, I mean, if we were to leave, we would be leaving all that ore." He's like, "Are we going to do without ore in America?" He's like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. The, the, Is that the, what you want? That, that's to the... be without ore? It's <laughs> not ore, but it's something like that and then he's just like, "Is that what you guys want? For real?" <laughs> really? Yeah. Or that might have been uh Lyndon Johnson, I can't remember. It was it wasn't JFK, but no.
0: No, but they're I just all
1: like the phrasing on that. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it. it I, th- I think that really demonstrated like just how the the line of thinking was in regards to it, like justifying what was going on, what their purpose was. Mm-hmm. Well, because I mean, even like they kind of touch upon it here too. The like entire framework of why like America actually like started sending people in actively, like it's like kind of a uh, bullshit. Mm. Uh like Why don't you tell me how you really feel? Well no, it is like it's like completely like acknowledged at this point, like uh Gulf of Tonkin, like the whatever fake attack on a American gunship by a North Vietnamese ship. Like it didn't happen, apparently. But it mm. but there was like two things, like it's this weird like grey area, um And it's like this, but it's like it's like a lie. And they actually talk about this idea, like the president. It's kind of hilarious nowadays, uh, but it's like talking about how the president can lie. Like, how how can he do that? And it's like (laughs) it's like well, funny. Well, Jared, I don't know if you know this,
1: but like, they have defeated ISIS.
0: It's done. (laughs) Oh, they're done, man. Well, yeah, then all those people resigned, and uh, because that's not true. Which people? Uh, The the people who are actually serving in the military, that, that, yeah, there's people like, those guys, they don't know what's going on in the shit. Well, anyone involved in the intelligence department seems to not know what they're doing anyway. Um, so fun facts. So Mm -hmm. Walt Rostow, uh, the guy who's like, are you, are you really asking me that silly question? He, uh, he sued the, the production. Uh, oh, good. Because they took him took him out of context, and he didn't. They didn't have his permission for that footage. Um, oh. Originally, Columbia Pictures was going to distribute this film, uh, and they refused because they're like, "Ooh, we don't want to mm-hmm. be involved in this." So, uh, yeah, I guess like Peter Davis, I got he got they got the rights back to it, and then they managed to f- screen it in theaters for like a couple days, um, much to the chagrin, I guess, of Steven Spielberg, and uh, they got nominated for uh, best documentary for. Oscars and it won, so oh it did. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So there's some stuff there for you. Uh, Michael Michael Moore says this is Mm -hmm. one of the best films ever made, and I I think you can definitely Mm -hmm. see elements of that in Michael Moore's early stuff, like uh, Roger and Me. Just like the tone Mm -hmm. of it, Uh, like there's like the kind of the moments in this, kind of like the there's like that army musical stuff that's kind of tossed in, like Mm -hmm. get that big marching number, um, and then there's like elements of like how uh, American film depicts the Orient, uh, like Southeast Asia, uh, mm. as like, it's like Bob Hope sitting back with some harem and all this stuff like that. Like, this is all like stuff that Michael Moore would run with. And I think it's actually, uh, another example of it from the guy who, uh, worked on Roger me with him, uh, rafferty he did this film called the atomic cafe which is like kind of like all uh the atomic cafe excellent it's a fantastic documentary i highly recommend to people it's just basically Mm. footage there's no there's no talking heads and it is just like the the nightmare of a a nuclear war and the idea that people like what the views of it and the fact that anyone would play with it it's just uh, a great great piece of documentary filmmaking. i'm not gonna watch it but should it sounds cool it's pretty good um yeah, my notes here. Yeah, yeah, Lieutenant, yeah, Lieutenant Lieutenant George Coker. What a hero, mm-hmm. still alive. So many great lines as we've talked about already. Um yeah, I mean there's just like a lot of uh use of uh the for- the aforementioned irony in the editing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like kind of like the juxtaposition of like, you know, uh you have Coker, you also have um uh, the subsequent guy who's being interviewed, talk- uh, Captain Randy Floyd. Uh, who was another mm-hmm. bomber talking about the effects of napalm uh, and, like, the fact that you're flying and, like, this idea of, like, yeah, this is, like, incredible. This is better. this These are the best, like, <laughs> ships that we've ever been able to fly in our lives. It's far better than anything they had in World War II. And it's, like, yeah, like, aviation is, like, not a 100 years old at this point. Um, it is a technical marvel. And in short order, we take these things to make killing more efficient. And then there's, like, this, like, description of, like, bombs going off and like, yeah, you know, it's really exciting, you know, and like, you know, you blow stuff up in your backyard and it's like really awesome. And you're like, can yeah, you see this? And like, when you get back home and you land and you hear that, like you hit your target and it was like destroyed. Oh, it was just like, what a wonderful feeling. And then there's this like cut to the ground. And there's like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. where do, you, do you know who those people are? No, I don't know if they're Vietnamese or American. Uh, this is where my pig farm used to be. <laughs> um, the, uh,
1: this is the pig farm. Uh, this is where my wife and daughter were uh, blown up. Yeah, the pigs are alive. Yeah. Uh, the other pig farmer, he wasn't as lucky. His pigs were killed also. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I also like the retelling of the one guy who's like, yeah. So I mean, they were running down the hill, and my guy was like, get them. So, like, I got them. I got them real good. And, you know, it felt good,
0: so I got a couple more. Yeah.
2: Get
1: them.
0: Get them. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you noticed there's, like, this kind of, like, ongoing theme of, like, the people that are, like, left standing. They're all old. They're all very old people. And you're like, that's weird. Where are all the young people, RJ? (laughs) Where are they?
1: Uh. (laughs)
0: Dead? Yeah, they're probably dead. They're off fighting somewhere else or they're dead. And it's all yeah. left are the old people. And it's like, great. I better start having kids again. Great. Yeah. You did it, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's another great bit uh, describing a uh, Ho Chi Minh, uh, whether or not he could even be elected dog catcher or is like even dead he would be uh, elected before a like a jfk that the americans would install as their oh, the Ho Chi Minh. yeah couldn't even be elected got dog catcher jerry yeah by our our good buddy uh mr rostow mm. yeah i like that too where he's just like just the guy's like this
1: guy's like just asking us like polite stuff fuck him what kind of prick is
0: into that shit yeah no. he's like grow up you baby figure it
1: out yourself
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. Then there's like, um, yeah, there's deserters. They tackle that because that, that was a big yeah. do- damn draft dodgers. They all came up here, hey? Yeah. And then you got a, uh, well, some did. Uh, some, like Muhammad Ali, he t- went to jail.
1: Oh, well, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it's this idea though of, because yeah, uh, we get to hear uh, George Coker's uh, thoughts on deserters saying, well, it's their choice. They can go to mm-hmm. Canada, but they can't come back. <laughs> like, yeah well you could never it's fine you, you like i mean
1: if you want to go
0: they're, they're cowards it's <laughs> fine
1: you are a coward and you can
0: never ever come back no. but i mean like if they, that's what you're gonna do i mean you think you're better than our fellow countrymen uh, that that go off to kill a bunch of strangers for some reason do you think you're better than me little kid
1: you little I, prick yeah. Exactly. That's what he
0: was thinking in his mind. Exactly. You little prick. Yeah. Uh yeah, we hear about uh such uh interrogation methods as throwing people out of helicopters, but then we get mm-hmm. fall, a follow-up. I never saw anything like that. I mean, I don't know it could have happened, but uh, I I never saw anything like that. It's like I, I mean, it, it could fuck. have happened, yeah. but uh we I wasn't some, there. Yeah, We get some uh juicy US soldier horning Uh, We get some real uh, implanted camera work of two dudes laying down with some Vietnamese women uh, on the dime. So the brothel scene. Yeah.
1: I think you're glossing over a little bit, but like, what is the deal with the brothel scene? Like these guys were just like, yeah, sure. Come film us uh, sucking on these. Sweet Vietnamese nipples, man. Yeah. yeah. Come
0: check it out, um, baby. All I thought about when that scene, I was like, oh, RJ. <laughs> Why? <laughs>
1: Why? But did that not weird you out? Like, I was, even, okay, so um, when it's well, the guy you know what's, you know the
0: what's street. Weird? You know what's weird about it? Is because you've never seen that in a documentary. Like, you've because most people would be like, oh, I'd rather you not film me. Like, right? That's a pretty logical thing. But the fact that it's like, oh, these guys were like, they don't give a shit. <laughs> they're just like, that's that's what
1: I mean is they're like total, like, I don't know, unattached way of being Is like, yeah, it's like, they're not even people. I don't care if you see me getting down with them, whatever, where it's the same. I, I don't know if it's the same guy, but uh, in, in an earlier scene where the guy's just walking down the street and the kids asking or the kids like talking to him, he's like, go home to parents, go home to parents, mamas son, mom, mama son. And then he sees like a girl in the window and he's yeah. like, How much? And he's like, nah, that's too
0: much. That's way too for, much. For you?
1: For you? Yeah. Way too much.
0: Very real thing. Uh it's a very real How often uh, have you gotten into that? In well, um, the last time I was in Vietnam. Uh can't no comment. Uh no, but that's like yeah, oh. that's 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 a that's a documented thing. A lot of uh a lot of kids being left behind by these soldier boys. There's, there's a lot of 80s revenge films uh, oh. that canon made that are about this very thing <laughs> isn't that what that uh new Aquaman movie is about oh, I don't I haven't seen it yet well I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure gotta work on that I'm pretty sure um yeah and then uh yeah oh yeah there's that one, there's oh, oh, I'll, 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 I'll hand it off to you but uh sure. yeah there's like that one bit where it's like there's like some footage of like back home. And there's, like, a bunch of, like, football kids, high school kids getting, like, fired up by their coach who just thinks, you know what the best thing I need to do to get my kids fired up? He starts slapping them in the face and Katie. yelling.
1: So I'm glad you brought that up because uh, as a sports guy, yep. Jarrett, I played the sports. I had uh, a very intense football coach who – uh he knew how to pump people up. He'd get real into it. His veins would pop. One time he kicked a door in half because he was so riled up. But uh, he never was just like – I find the way that this guy motivated was so lazy. He just went, are you going to let him beat you? And then he slapped the kid in the face. Yeah. And then he didn't even say it again. He just slapped all yeah. the <laughs> other kids in the face. And then was like, okay, okay, let's go, boys. It reminds me of a – you know, in Varsity Blues. When they confront John Voigt uh-huh. and then and then John Voigt like doesn't know what to do, so he goes out in the hallway and he's clapping his hands. He's like, "All right, let's go! All right, let's go, let's go!" It was kind of like that, where it's just like, "What is this? I, I don't know." John Voigt was confused there. That that's better. But this guy, he was pretty lazy, Jared. He wasn't really he wasn't really doing anything to
0: motivate his boys. No. So well, as a sportsman, I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> You do have to take my word for it. Yeah. It's fact. Nowadays, you get fired.
1: Mm. Sports is a little different, but yeah, we have had some recent controversies with that in the sports world. Mm-hmm. Um, it is good motivation, though. Yeah. Sure, fired some kids up when you have some guy yell at you for a while. So, I
0: don't know.
1: Maybe maybe that's just me. No. What? Why? You want to so, know
0: what I thought of this? Yeah. What, what do you think of this? I guess I'll say so. Yeah, I uh, I, I I dig this documentary. Dig don't come on come on uh
1: jared yes i liked it uh i think it's really good because it shows how bad people can be as we <laughs> talked about in the preamble uh i think people are the absolute worst i hate them i hate myself i hate you i hate everybody we all suck uh so i i do like it for that um I watched it with Andy. Like I said, she she actually stopped watching about an hour in. She's like, "I'm done with this." Uh, I was like, "Oh yeah," and she's like, "She's like, it's just making me upset because how bad people are." And I was like, "Well, yeah, people suck." It's like that's kind of the point. She's like, "Yeah, I know, but I don't need to like watch it all the time." And it was right after we watched Leaving Neverland, so she was like, (laughs) "She was like, I'm I'm pretty much done with uh, these these reality." I'm done with reality. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, whatever, that's fine." Uh, But I I liked it quite a bit. I do think that it's a little it's a little pointed, Jarrett. I think it does minimalize the uh, the context of the political scene a little bit. Um, Not that I know anything (laughs) in detail about what that would have been. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is like it's very much like, okay, this is the bad stuff. And I get that. It's like, yeah, it was real bad. They were like napalming kids and shit. That's. Pretty bad, man. Wars wars not good, I think is the the famous phrase there. Wars not good. Wars not good, bro. Um, So I think it is a little pointed where I think it probably, they probably leave out some valid points from people or like accounts from maybe some just regular soldiers who were maybe real passionate about what they were doing and they really believed in it. Something like that. That would have been nice, but that's but, not what this is about, see, right? The thing, this it's is like, about the bad stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that would necessarily change the other things.
1: <laughs> like, no, it, it doesn't. I yeah. just, I'm just, i just saying, like, I I do think it's a little pointed, but that's fine because, you know what? Or it see, are, you saying, are you
0: saying biased? <laughs> sure. Of, yeah. It's
1: sure been, it's, yeah.
0: It's been accused of that as a, it's a propaganda piece. There's, like, a lot of uh, discussion when it came out being that, like, I think, yeah, yeah, on the Wikipedia, you can read about the uh, critics who, there's people who were into it, but, because, like, the politics were, like, very much on its shoulder, but, I mean, at the time, when this came out, this would rock, this this was, like, very biased, but at the same time, it's, like, at this point, it's played out, yeah, Vietnam was just a bad idea, like, top down. It was a bad, it was a bad dumb war, but they're all bad dumb wars uh, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and, like,
0: that doesn't bother me or anything uh
1: i was, i was just saying yeah um i do realize it's pointed but you know like you said yeah they're all bad so you might as well show people because you know what happens when you don't document this shit it's uh whatever his face was after world war two uh whoever the president was i can't remember history who was (laughs) the president at the end of world war two uh truman truman didn't he send all those camera crews to the holocaust camps and was like hey we better film this shit so that we can show people because now many years later there's all these people who are like well that never happened
0: well rj I, I feel out. like that was very really pointed
1: mm, is it a little biased <laughs> is it coming off a little too hot for you jared yeah so <laughs> so like i get it it's like yeah we do need these things but then even those people like The people who deny this shit, it's like, well, look at this. And it's like, that's just fabricated, man. You can make film look old. And it's like, oh, so anyways, yes, very important. Uh, I did like it. Uh, I liked. I liked how they presented a lot of the material because it's very just plain and straight. Um, It's like, hey, look, here's this guy. He was a pig farmer. And uh, you know what? His whole family was blown up. That sucks. Uh, it is edited in a way where they do really emphasize certain points. My favorite is the subtle pan down to that guy. What what you mentioned earlier, where it's like the guy talking and then it subtly pans down to his legs in the wheelchair and it really zooms in on his legs. And then it cuts to his like Jersey Shore girlfriend who is like, you know, <laughs> he was a really active guy and we had a lot of fun going on adventures, but we ain't married he ain't my boyfriend. We don't got no kids. So, uh, and it's basically her telling the document, like the filmmakers, it's like, I like him, but like he's in a wheelchair and that's kind of icky. So, you know, I don't know. That's how I took that. I don't know if you interpreted that (laughs) in a different way, but that was how I uh, saw that scene unfold. So, but that it's, it is nice filmmaking when it was him talking and it just kind of slowly cuts to his, his
0: paralyzed. Well, Cause blade, there's this whole build to it because the whole time, all the previous footage, it's only only like his like his head. Head, head and shoulders. And then like, there's like, Oh shit, this guy's uh lame now. Yeah. Lame doc. Well, look, his
1: girlfriend doesn't want him, anything to do with him anymore. You could tell, I could tell, but so, There was stuff like that. I think it is put together pretty well. I also like how this movie is uh, showing that the Vietnam War was just promotion for CBS. uh, With the eye. (laughs) With the eye. uh, Which I was watching. I was like, man, it's pretty wild. I've never heard that part of this before.
0: Like, not that
1: it matters CBS there's
0: lots of stuff I mean they didn't talk about uh fragging toward the end of uh, <laughs> the American involvement are you familiar with that where uh, it's a like a little bit like yeah. with, with what uh soldiers were doing with their commanding officers <laughs> it's just like oh they were murdering them like by like whoops a grenade went into their tent and blew <laughs> them up because I don't like them and it's like what Shit happens, and it's like, oh, because like the the there was such a turn that was going on. There was like rampant drug use. I mean, people are doing pot. Oh, yes, but it's like no, no, they're doing more than pot. But like, yeah, uh, and just like complete, like just it was breaking down, man. This wasn't uh, your daddy's uh, army. Yeah, a lot of them had uh,
1: some pretty serious opioid addictions when they came back. Sure, pretty much a little bit like our current opioid crisis, Jarrett. Hmm. Mm topical topical uh but yeah the only other thing i would say about this is some of the filmmaking i was like who are these guys making this fucking documentary because it was like them filming it. guys like what do you think about this like i don't really know hold on a second and the guy would stand up and he would like shoot a bunch over like he would just shoot a bunch at people and he'd come down he's like i think I just killed someone anyways i don't really know what we're doing here but you know whatever so these guys are just in the middle of that and then yeah, I think I think it it's most effective near the end when they show uh, a lot of the aftermath on the Vietnamese people, especially the kids stuff when it was like the napalm and oh, it's yeah, just them course. filming
0: that. And you're just like, whoa, well, see, I don't know if they necessarily that was their footage or if that's or someone. Like, else. The, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, it's they, a compilation they do show of, a
1: different guy yeah. filming it because um, yeah. that's like a pretty like,
0: famous moment. And I don't yeah. think they were, the, I don't think that's actually where that came from. Cause it's also got the footage of like uh, the soldier shooting the guy right in the head. Like it's got that moment in that's full color. That's actually
1: in, in full color. So that's where Andrea stopped watching. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Because
1: so she saw the shot and she looked away. And then I continued to watch to see all the blood explode out of that guy's head. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. It's not just and a still, like,
0: it's not just a still image. Yeah. She
1: was like, whoa. Uh, or she's like, what?
0: And I was like, I didn't expect that to happen? Well, it. there's one fairly early on in the film too, where it's like, uh, some like, f- uh, gunfire into a bush. And then like this body just comes body tumbling out and out. like, the, and you, and you know, it's like not fucked. It's not fake. Cause it's like, you see that leg oh. roll weird and you mm-hmm. go, Oh, and then there's like, f- there's another one too, where it's like, um, uh, it's like during the montage of like, uh, like real, like one of those things that I guess you would call pointed, where it's like the US, like just murdering people and like ch- tossing bodies around. Like they're like dragging this guy down some steps, and you see his head just bouncing off concrete, and he's just like toast. And then, oh, we'll put this one in a stretcher and let's wrap his head, like just holding him up and just wrapping like without any care. Cause you're like, I don't give a shit, this guy lizard dies. And you're like, Yep, that's what happens when you uh dehumanize people because you're just like encouraging them to call one another calling them gooks and it's like well yeah they're not pe- uh, they're not people anymore because they're just the enemy because the gooks yeah quoting that, that
1: famous christopher walken speech of course obviously yeah yeah that i think the one that um upset me the most was where it's just that guy who's like not doing anything and it's some guy hitting him with like the butt of his oh, rifle he,
0: he, he put, putting his boots to him i think too yeah yeah. i
1: think there there's something so sad in that like not the obvious thing about guys just getting like brutalized but where for for the footage that they show here there's like the kind of quiet resigned way that these guys hold themselves where they don't try to fight back or anything because they know it's just kind of like well i can't really do anything there's like 50 american guys here and uh they're just gonna hit me with their guns so i'm just gonna try not to get too hurt and Hope it doesn't last too long.
0: Yep. So that's uh, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a bummer. Kind of a bummer, man. Yep. So you got that going for you? I sure do. Yeah. And then there's just like yeah, the uh, the. F- the kind of the send off on this film, like where you have like uh yeah, that Randy Floyd, uh, talking about like the effects of napalm and this idea of like, Mm -hmm. think, and he was like, yeah, I was fine at the time, but then you start seeing what it looks like. And then you start thinking about like, Oh, I've got a wife and kid. What if someone like came by and like napalm me? Napalm to them. And it's like, then he just stops and starts sobbing. And you're just like, yep, Because it's like, it's a real, uh, it's a real privilege RJ to, uh, live in North America and never have to ever in your life seriously consider the idea of someone like doing anything like that to you, like a foreign power to ever accomplish that task. Well, um, you've threatened me with that several times. Yeah. Well, yeah. Screw. Have you, you not? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's why uh, something like 9-11 was such a, uh, a moment, I guess, but in that, that, the scale of that though, it's like yeah, it was like pretty a uh, uh, big moment and completely fucked up the American psyche uh, to this day. But mm-hmm. yeah, but this is like oh, this is an actual like military thing, and it's like horrifying because it's like all oh, the people are getting bombed. They, they have no choice in the matter, and it's like but we're the good guys. We we fought Nazis, and so mm-hmm. everyone we fight are bad, right? Are they? Uh, what are your views there on communism? I don't care. I don't want to know. <laughs> I I like how you
1: redirected that a little bit. <laughs> what are your views? You know what? I don't give a
0: shit. <laughs>
1: it's true. Nobody cares what we think. That's, that's
0: not why people listen to this podcast. That's right. You know what they listen to this podcast for? The fart jokes? They want to know who hates things. Mm, that's actually true. People
1: seem to like that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know why.
0: Well, because people love negativity. Negativity sells. True. True. All right. It's like the roast and toast, you know. Which roast and toast? People like to wallow in misery, get their get get their pettiness out in like a public forum anonymously. Well, whatever. Yeah, let's see who hates this. One star from Colton Murphy. I fell
1: asleep.
2: Hmm.
0: Thanks. You know, Colton Murphy.
1: Didn't fall asleep for what? Jarrett. Oh, uh, well, Boyhood five stars. Your next five stars. This isn't a very active account, to be very honest with That's you. A, yeah,
0: the last this reviews from twenty fourteen.
1: They only have one star, one one star film in its hearts and mind. That's the, also w- their only review ever. Wow.
0: So, okay. Huh. What a catch here on the podcast. Yeah, I bet they're listening. Yeah. Uh Lauren, one and a half star. Some scenes were too gory or too much for my liking, but it was showing real footage from the Vietnam War. Peter Davis purposely (laughs) didn't want to leave out those details so the viewers can fully understand people's personal stories and opinions on the war. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: These are all true things. Uh, Lauren's got, um, I don't know their five-star movies is again boyhood that's weird (laughs) uh from the other account that had only like two movies but like ralph wreck it ralph 2 and amy schumer comedy ferris bueller gone girl but here's the real kicker i think jerry it's not those one-star reviews get a load of these half-star reviews half-star future creep nine years from now election
2: Mm-hmm.
1: uh caddyshack half a star say anything with your buddy john cusack half a star the naked gun half a star here's here's the real ones though raising arizona half a star and Eraserhead, half a star mm. with a review i know that as a film student i'm supposed to look into a movie and analyze it but what the fuck Ah, ele- ele- elegant. Yeah, elegant. This
0: review. So there you go. All uh, right, all right. Well, one more here. Teprock. Okay. One and sure. a half star. Adam and Sam's take, whatever that is, something about some sure. marathon they were on. Hearts and Minds feels like a film that must have been very important when it came out, and the Vietnam War's legacy was still something to be contested and fought over. It clearly intends to be shocking and revelatory, but the word that I think best describes it is smug. Davis keeps juxtaposing talking heads with horrific images of the war to show the hypocrisy, incompetence, horror, stupidity of what the U.S. did in Vietnam. And it comes off like a political ad more than a film, and one that seems particularly of its time to use the preferred nomenclature, given that everything it's saying isn't exactly controversial or revelatory today. Which I understand is somewhat unfair to Davis in a sense. Entirely is unfair. (laughs) Uh, He made his point come across to an extent. It's just the manner in which he does it is so blunt and manipulative that it's hard to see hearts and minds as anything but outdated. It doesn't completely fall apart or fall fail, though. First of all, Davis's blunt use of editing is sometimes effective. Adam singles out the moment in which we hear General Westmoreland explain that the Orientals don't value life right after the, the footage of Vietnamese people desperately wailing in his cemetery. And it is really incredibly effective because of the sheer ridiculousness of it all. It's like, you know what, though? I'm just going to jump in here. I, I think regardless of those editing decisions, that statement would be ridiculous no matter what. <laughs> um. <laughs> like... It, I I, know, I I remember that that I remember that like quotation more than I remember the scenes around it. And when I was watching, yeah. it, I went. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's like, of course, it comes right there. Um, continuing on. yeah. But the film lacks the focus to consistently get- Oh, there's more to get, this review? Yeah, it's a long one. But the oh, okay. film lacks the focus to consistently get to that point. Davis comes back a few times to footage of football matches, for instance, and it feels both random and mm-hmm. out of place. Yes, there's a connection one can make there, but it feels like Davis just thought that uh, up at some point and put it in without bothering to actually make it work within the narrative. Uh, that actually could be said of a lot of what's good about the film too. Anytime the guilt-ridden bomber was on the screen, I would pay more attention simply because that was an interesting guy. But it's just there. There's no real storytelling going on. Uh, see, that's... Yeah. Real interesting guy, man. But it's like this idea of story... I don't know. Story, storytelling? It's, it's a documentary. It's it's just, here are many ways in which the Vietnam War was awful. You do the sorting out. I'm like, well, yeah. That's kind of what it does. Yeah, that's the point, uh, man. It's like calling it's like, this film... Is a storyline. It's like it's like this. Film is <sighs> not that okay. As a documentary aiming to inform, oh, there's more. Just a little bit. As Jesus a documentary Christ. aiming to inform and provoke, I suspect Hearts and Minds is very successful. But as a film, it doesn't have the coherence or the deftness of something like Harlan County, USA. Uh, also, a is, future creep. Is that good, Jarrett? Harlan County, USA. It's good. Yeah, it's about uh, minor miners in Kentucky. And uh, okay. the shittiness of uh, working for the company. Mm. You know what else is shitty? Teprock's taste. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: so actually, their, their five-star movies are just like Criterions and Miyazaki stuff. Pretty standard fare. Uh, where I find, again, more striking things are in the movies they don't like. Here are some one-star movies from Tep Rock. Schindler's List. Gates of Heaven. Batman v Superman, Jarrett's favorite movie ever made. (laughs) Uh, Braveheart, The Green Mile, Future Creep of the Man Who Fell to Earth. So anyways, some of those are a joke, but uh, movies I actually enjoy quite a bit. But like Schindler's List, one star, that's a little weird, isn't it? What's that about? Mm, Could be. Do people not like that movie? There's there's been a bit bit of a turn on that movie. What about Bringing Up Baby? That's a one star on here also. Hmm. And uh a re- and or just irrational man. American Beauty one star. Uh yeah. Tron one star. That's like your favorite movie ever, I think. <laughs> Isn't it? Tron? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. I thought you were really into Tron, dude. Where are you getting this information? I don't know. But they have half star movies too. Um Nothing I recognize. Never okay. mind. Fine. Forget
0: I mentioned it. Yeah, shut up. Okay. Anyway. So what? yeah. Hearts Movies and hey? h- Hearts and Minds. Yeah, it's horrors, pretty good documentary. Hor- 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 horrors I mean. of Humanity. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, if one wants to like get a full picture, I think, of Vietnam, you could probably watch uh, like the Ken Burns Vietnam War series. That probably would uh fill in on all the the stuff, the shit. And then this would be a good companion piece to something like that. Um,
1: You you know where I actually learned the most about Vietnam was Big uh, Big Lebowski. Not Big Lebowski. Not actually uh, Anthony Bourdain just on his shows.
0: Just from him going there and talking about stuff. Yeah, just from him going there and talking about it. Like, I
1: can't remember which show specifically because they're all the same show, but like every couple of years they change their title but uh, the one I always thought was the most interesting is when he's talking about um, the French food there. Yes. And uh, it makes sense, I guess, because the French were there for a hundred years apparently. But uh, the weird cuisine in Vietnam—how it's a mixture of like Asian cuisine yep. with French. So. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Anthony Bourdain was probably where I learned the most. So. Yeah, there's an interesting RIP,
0: man. Yeah, there's a an interesting history of like culinary stuff in Asia. Yeah. And some real weird, like there's like Chinese influence and French influence is huge. And yeah, like there's like the, there's like the one scene with like the ambassador. Uh, and it's like, yeah, there's, there's guys who speak total French and they're in Paris quite a bit, signing these accords and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I'm trying to think about anything else before we sign off. Oh, also, uh, the essay that comes with this DVD it's actually quite good too it actually gives a, a good rundown uh perhaps biased if you think that the Vietnam war was a glorious affair um <laughs> uh, but it? it no um oh, okay. but uh yeah it, it lays out like kind of the details that like I think the documentary I mean doesn't bother with because it when it was being made this stuff didn't need to be spoken about directly mm-hmm. um because it was like for it was like a document of that time um yeah there's like the other scene too where it's like that like poor bastard of a man talking about his dead son who was uh shot down and oh, yeah. talking about like justifying the war and then he's talking about uh the how president nixon's like a good man and then like the title comes up <laughs> saying this is before th- this was in 73 this is before things got really bad for the president and uh he had to go away um, you mean presidents don't do bad things yeah except for this time just oh. just the one time just the one time never never again since yeah, yeah, it's it's not a big deal, dude. Yep. Anyways, so yeah, I think this is a recommend. Yeah, I like it. It's a good show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool. Deal. After the break, RJ and I will not be dumping napalm on anybody. I might on you though. I don't like you very much. What? Oh, I've got some
1: Agent Orange for you, buddy. Is that uh, one of those Mountain Dew derivatives? <laughs>
2: If I made you feel second best Girl, I'm sorry I was blind But you were always on my mind You were always on my mind Maybe I
0: RJ, Mm. is life cheap in your household? Not really. We live pretty fabulously. That's it. You can email us at (laughs) criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us about how you value life or Mm. don't. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Mm. We've got a Patreon. We've got YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, what else? Um, that's it. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Some, some other stuff, maybe. I don't know. Sure.
1: Illegally, we're being pirated. <gasps> I mean, that's fine as long as they leave us a
0: review. Well, they're too cheap to do that. Um, fuckers. Hey, RJ, next week, what? spine 157. Mm-hmm. You ever hear of Wes Anderson?
1: No, I'm not familiar with the said person. Do, do you remember
0: Rushmore? Uh, I remember Rashuman. Well, he made another movie, and it's called Royal Tenenbaums. Is it any good? It came out in 2001. I've heard, oh, I've heard I don't watch movies that are more than 10 years old. Uh, I've heard it's pretty okay. Mm, I'm not going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah? Well, good, good thing that uh, someone will be joining us next week to talk about it since you're not going to be here to watch it, I guess. Is this quite true, or is this fabricated?
1: Uh, I don't know this is the
0: first I'm hearing about it
1: is this true news
0: I don't know this this is the first I'm hearing about it it's, 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 it's been alluded to not on podcast it has in this very episode
1: did you actually bring that up in this episode
0: I did holy fuck what am I doing
1: I don't remember that at all mm-hmm. really <laughs> yeah I'm gonna listen to this tomorrow I don't believe you okay That doesn't sound right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that at all. Shut up, Jarrett. I guess we'll keep RJ guessing. Hey, shut up, (laughs) Jarrett. Good night. Mm, Shut up.